play at Overbrook High School in Philadelphia, Chamberlain's alma mater. Chamberlain is the first Globetrotter to have his number retired. Lansing Sports Station. The game. 7.30 a.m. Searching for fun ways to spend your tax return? Boats for cats. Oh, flotation devices for cats. Don't waste it all on something silly. Spend smarter with Straight Talk. A.M. Well, welcome to the Sparrows Down on Sports on Lansing Sports Station. The game, 7.30 a.m. Starring the Dean of Mid-Michigan Sports, Tim Stout. The Sparrows Down on Sports is Michigan's longest-running sports radio show. From high school to college and the pros, Tim has you covered. Give him a call on the Culligan Water Hotline at 517-300-4263. Or send him an email at tim.stout at wilx.com. Now, celebrating his 30th anniversary on the radio in mid-Michigan. And a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Here's the Dean himself, Tim Stout. On behalf of our partner Shaheen Chevy Cadillac, good morning everybody. Today is Thursday, March 9th, 2023, and welcome to year number 31 underway of the Sparrows Down on Sports. Right here on Lansing Sports Station, the game 7.30 a.m., we come to you every morning from the Driven Collision Studios of Stout on Sports. Driven Collision is at 3200 West Main Street in Lansing. I-496 West to the Lansing Road exit, then you go up the hill on the right, boom, you're right there. You'll see it. Driven Collision is there for you and those banged up vehicles will look brand new frankly that's the goal of joel laird and the staff there when a banged up vehicle comes in 977-0955 that's the phone number we'll have a driven collision story of the day as we go through the day on this thursday march 9th brock's here i'm tim we may get a little snow overnight into tomorrow but it's a beautiful day today in mid-michigan it was so nice yesterday in mid-michigan we actually had college baseball played in ann arbor opening day oakland u4 michigan one. I got that text immediately to Hayward as the Wolverines with their new coach dropped a four and eight. That's baseball. And we got it on the news last night. I figure we're the only station around that keeps you up to speed, Brock, on college like baseball. We always, like we always say, dozens care, but you do, so. Uh any rate, also, um, uh, and then Michigan State's baseball team lost to Wofford yesterday down in South Carolina 12-9 to fall to 5-7. and seven. We keep you up to speed on this. I looked for softball. didn't find any MSU softball. They're still 7-12 and 12 in a holding pattern wherever they are in the world as we go to March 9th. You know, we got home games here coming up around the corner, but there actually was a Northern College baseball game played yesterday. It was in Ann Arbor because they have artificial turf. They just scraped the field, but the sun was out. It was 45 degrees. Here, play ball. It would be shorts and t-shirt day. Something like that. For yesterday's game, no admission charge in Ann Arbor. You get what you pay yeah, good, for. Good. And Oakland beat them, Brock. Oakland. You're a Michigan guy. Does that concern you at all? Are you more worried about the bas- basketball and hockey tournaments? Uh, more worried about basketball and hockey, but that's you know not a good loss because Michigan's been very good in recent years. We have a busy show today. We've got uh, day two of the Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament. There are four games today that lead into the quarterfinals tomorrow in Chicago. Channel 10 is there. You'll see all the coverage and all that good stuff through the weekend through the end leading into the ncaa selection show on cbs six o'clock coming up on sunday night don't forget to set your clocks ahead when you go to bed saturday night all right so you lose an hour uh, but then it stays lighter later 
beginning uh, on Sunday. Correct. You got all that square, okay, one way or the other. Uh, we'll keep you up to speed on everything going on. You can join us, as we say in the brand new open of the show, on the Culligan Water Hotline at 340-263. We'll have Pure Green Smith Tree breaking sports moments as they come in. Pure Green Smith Tree is at 703-1111. Pure Green Smith Tree, okay? We, we keep you up to speed on all that, and away we go here on the Thursday, March Madness, March 9th, Sparrow Stout on Sports. But, but besides the Big Ten men's basketball tournament ongoing today, the regional championship games played tonight across the state of Michigan in the girls' state high school tournament. And uh, we have all of our usual guests today. Yesterday, with all of the fun that we had, and we I believe me, we appreciated all the very nice texts and emails and calls that we had. They meant a great deal to us, some of them more than others, but they were all appreciated. We got a beautiful gift delivered at the station here from the very first producer, uh, Kyle Pearson of Stout on Sports 30 years ago. He doesn't live here anymore, but we're going to get, and so he said, you know, feel free to call if you have time, but I know you're busy. So we're going to visit with him in about 15 minutes or so. And um, he said uh, in his note, uh, who would have thought 30, because he was in radio. You know, he, he worked, mm -hmm. it wasn't Town Square then. I don't even remember the name of the company, four, co four companies ago that owned this station. Who would have thought 30 years ago, 95 FM WBIC would fold? But a brand new 30 minute show. I didn't know WBIC 95 FM folded. Why well, no, no, what happened? It changed format back in the 90s, and it was 95, 94.9 on your frequency. That's now WMMQ. And it's been that way since I think the late 90s. Yeah. But then he says a brand new 30 minute show on the AM dial lasted three decades. Well, we start decade number four. Who knows how long we'll go, as Kyle says, or as uh, Brock says, maybe Kyle does too. We're all day to day. This is uh, year 30, uh, 30 years in plus one day. So uh, so away we go with year 31. Who will be the first caller of the brand new decade of the Sparrow Stone on sports? That's hard to tell. I can't, I can't answer Brock that. Brock tells me that the winner of our grand prize yesterday was overjoyed. That on a Charles, vote. yeah, he couldn't believe it. I called him and he said he, he wasn't listening. He, he was not listening. He says, you're kidding me. Yeah. And I said, no, Charles, actually, you, you won. And he just, he was all happy and everything, so. Hey. We may have another round trip for two on Avello Airlines Lansing to Orlando in the near future. Uh, we, you know, Avello's, are, uh, they, they, they've hooked up with us, and, uh, you know, they go nonstop from Lansing to Orlando. And they're discount flights as well. It's not like you're paying out the yin-yang to, to get down there and back, you know, nonstop from here. They, you can go to AvelloAir.com and find out for yourself. So, in the Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament at noon today... Michigan Rutgers, who do you like? It's on the big four games on the Big Ten no, Network. I'll take Michigan. Michigan State arrived yesterday in Chicago. And oh, yeah, because they got to be on site on Wednesday. They make you do that. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but the reason that they went early is they wanted to have some time today to go visit one of the shooting victims from three and a half weeks ago in East Lansing oh. who is rehabbing in the Chicago area. Oh, okay. So the basketball team, I don't know if it's a he or a she and whether they're home or hospital. I don't know any of that. They were going to go visit one of the shooting victims victims who's rehabbing in that okay. area and then the Spartans well, that makes sense then and then the Spartans are playing at 2:30 tomorrow against the winner of today's second game at 2:30 between Iowa and Ohio State we already had two upsets last night yep 
Ohio State nearly blew a 27-point lead but held on to beat Wisconsin 67-59. Badgers are almost a certainty to miss the NCAA tournament. And then uh, the third game is Illinois-Penn State today. That's at 6.30, followed by the other upset winner last night. Maryland held off to just when you saw Nebraska just making a move. Nebraska wins at Iowa on Sunday to finish the regular season. at 16-15. All of that momentum stalls in a loss to the 14th-seeded Minnesota Gophers last night, 78-75. So Minnesota plays Maryland in Game 4 tonight. That sends those four to the top four seeds tomorrow for the quarterfinals. So when we get off the air, Michigan Rutgers likely is going to be at halftime. I, I said to Brock, so would you have picked Ohio State over Wisconsin? I thought and that I was, said yes. I thought that was a toss-up game last night. Not so much because I love Ohio State. The Ohio State's one of they're like all these teams. When they shoot the ball, they shot the ball at Columbus against Michigan State. Couldn't throw it in the ocean. They lost by 22. Last night they had a 47-20 lead because everything they threw up went in till the end of the game, and then they had to hang on. But if look, if they do make them, well, then they've got some athletes and they can play. I, I mean, Nebraska is still in its infancy. Let's just say Nebraska's margin for error is narrow. And Minnesota's actually won two of the last three because Minnesota beat Rutgers at the buzzer at home, then went on the road and got beat, I think, over the weekend, and then they they won last night. But Minnesota plays Maryland tonight at 9.30. So figure it all out. I would guess Michigan will probably beat Rutgers today, but in any of these four games of these eight teams playing today, there isn't one single result I don't think that would surprise me other than can Minnesota win two games against two teams in successive days. That I'm not exactly sure of. What else we got? So the, the so tonight on the girls' side, Holt versus DeWitt in cold water at 7 o'clock. Winner to the quarter. At their quarterfinals, their next Tuesday, is that what I think? Yes. Yeah, next Tuesday. Yep. Uh, Lansing Catholic is playing Chelsea at Chelsea's Defou- 25 and 1. At, at, at the Fowlerville High School. Who do you like? Chelsea's 25 and uh, 1. I'm going to take Catholic in a tight one. I'm going to take Catholic in a tight one. DeWitt Holt. You're the Joe Lunardi of girls' high school tournament basketball. No, I'm not. Stop it. Well, you're better than that. No. Uh, I'll take Holt over DeWitt uh, in another tight one. Dansville's hosting Ovid Elsie. That's at Dansville. I just said they host, they're host. they hosting. I'll take Dansville in that one. And Fowler has to go down to Petersburg-Summerfield, down to the Ohio border to play the homestanding Petersburg-Summerfield team. Pick against Fowler at your own risk. They're the two-time defending state champs. I'll take Fowler to get to the quarterfinals again. That's just good coverage right there. Well, then I'll change it. You're the Andy Katz of the state high school girls basketball tournament. I haven't given you that for the boys yet, but what, you went and saw the two boys district semifinals Uh, last night? Two wild games at at Holt uh, last night. Uh, Mason's without two starters for the rest of the season due to injury. Luke Marlin and uh, 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 Kaysen Carswell. And and they were able to hang on and win 62-56 despite some foul trouble, and they had trouble with Everett's pressure. Everett is a better team than 3-21. I'm just going to tell you that. But that wasn't the wildest of the two games. Okemos had a 43-23 lead in the uh, second half. They were up by 20 in the second half. At Holt. At Holt. Holt came back, tied it at the end of regulation. They had a chance to win it in regulation, didn't get it done, but then they ended up winning it in overtime, 63-61, avenging two losses. So it's Holt-Mason for the district title tomorrow night. 
which leads us right into our Sparrow Stout on Sports Gillespie Group High School salute. The Gillespie Group is renowned for quality and dedication, honored to salute a high school standout. And in last night's game, for the Holt Rams coming back from 20 down, as Brock just said in the second half, Holt's Isaiah Foster scored 23 of his 25 points after halftime, brought the, brought the Rams back against a very good Okemos team, Ended. Can Okemos go to the NIT, though? They, you know, no got, such thing, Tim. Okay. Uh, so Holt uh, won it thanks to Isaiah Foster getting 25 points, 23 in the second half. Gillespie is proud of its projects near and far across our state. They get great recognition from many organizations and governmental bodies. Great properties everywhere. And congratulations to Pat Gillespie, his staff of 90, for all they do so many places. And the Gillespies this morning are saluting. Holt standout Isaiah Foster. He brought his team back from 20 down. In the distance, it's survive in advance, and that's what Holt did. Uh, the two-point overtime win over a very good Okemos team ending the Okemos season. So, again, it's Holt Mason at Holt tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, for the district title. And we'll let you know, we'll let you know before the end of the show what game we're going to do. Uh, Eric, Doc, Love, and I are texting, uh, trying to figure out what to do. Providing, We've got options. We have very good options. Providing for uh, Joe and Lansing on the Culling of Water Hotline does not ask me about Aaron Rodgers or any NBA players who are in trouble or anything other nationally that has nothing to do with us. He's up first on the Thursday Sparrow Stone on Sports. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm sure you're well aware of Tiger Woods. What you yeah, no, that's a whole players. different deal, Brock. No, that's a okay. whole different deal. Tiger's okay. all over the New York Post. If you want to Google, if you want some juicy reading, and I don't mean the fact that his seven iron is now hooking into the plague and he's uh, his putting is good. If you want some good Tiger Woods update, uh, Google Tiger Woods and read the New York Post story this morning about the issues he's having with his now ex girlfriend. Um, yeah. And now that he doesn't win anymore, I mean, anytime he's ever in the news, it's nothing really good. Uh, everything's bad about it. And I don't know when his dad passed away. Well, I don't know that uh, everything's bad. Everybody's talked about well, how great his comeback is, and he's overcome injuries, and he's well, going to play the Masters. Issues, as we all know. Well, he's a two t there's two different ways to talk about him. There's his golf, and then there's his non-golf. Now, his non-golf hasn't been in the news as much since he got over the car accident, right? And he's recovered from that. And he was with, uh, what's her name here, for uh, what is her name? At any rate, Erica. yeah, Erica. Yeah, well, she's suing him. She claims he, he, but she, she, she says he told her he was going on a short vacation and she could leave for a while. And the moment she left, he changed all the locks and bolted her out. <laughs> she hasn't been back, and she so now the lawsuits are filed. So where this yeah. goes, who knows? And she's the one that owned the bar. I think she owned a bar, and in fact, we went to that bar to look. When we were in Palm Beach last year, I said, we got to go see where her bar is that Tigers bought into, and it was late on a Sunday afternoon, and it didn't look like it was even open. We found it in Palm Beach, uh -huh. but whether the thing does anything or he's involved still or not, I don't know. But apparently, that's yeah. come and gone now. So they, I heard that there was a, a worker there that had a drinking problem, and they kept feeding him alcohol, and uh, he ended up dying in a traffic accident, and yeah. I heard there was legal uh, legal matters against yeah. that, too. Yeah, I don't know all of that. At any rate, thanks, Joe. We're up against the break here. But, Brock, so, uh, you know, I thought about this again. So the New York Post has got aerial pictures of Tiger's mansion, compound, complex in Jupiter, Florida. You know, he's got a five-hole, whatever it is, golf course and tennis courts and mm -hmm. two swimming pools, and it's the compound, it's on the ocean, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, how many times do you hear me say, when we go through this show for 30 years, how many of these massively wealthy sports figures, mostly athletes, 
between Tom Brady and Tiger Woods and all that money and all that fame and all that adulation and in their private lives, how happy are any of those guys? Which sends me to the, you know, to the notion that uh, I don't know uh, that money is uh, the more you have is the happier you're going to be. When you see these guys playing and the crowd cheers and sign the autographs, that's all great. But then behind the scenes, how many other people say in America who don't make nearly that level of money? are much happier in their lives day to day to day than some of those that are massively wealthy. I have no idea how happy or unhappy Tiger Woods is or Tom Brady at this point, other than the fact that it sounds as if those guys are going through, you know, all kinds of personal turmoil behind the scenes. They're not the only ones, of course, that go through that. But there's a lot of people in sports with a heck of a lot of multi-million dollars worth of money, and you wonder exactly, coaches, everybody else, how happy are they behind the scenes? Before we go to break, yeah, let's I guess go to let's Go to Fowlerville. Bill's up next on the Thursday Sparrowstone on Sports. Morning, Bill. Hi, Tim. I, do, I wanted to wait until today because uh, over the years since you started, as you know, I've been a longtime listener. And, uh, um, you know, I just wanted to congratulate you. Um, you know, you, you sent me and my son, who was seven at the time, and we were talking about this last last week about the free trip we had down to Notre Dame to watch uh, Michigan State beat Notre Dame in overtime. Right. And uh, and all the golf courses, that, you know, I was allowed to play. Of course, many of them asked me not to come back. I understand. And, and uh, um, you know, just, just the local, you know, uh, impact that you have on covering prep sports. Um, you know, I've always just appreciated that, and it's it's kept me a listener for 30 years. Well, I appreciate yeah. yours. What, your son's now 37 or close to that now? Actually, he, he, he just got his chemistry degree from Northern. He's 24. Good for him. So he, uh, um, but, uh, you know, I hope, I, I hope you're able to do this for at least 10 more years mm-hmm. because it's just hearing you crack up over the, you know, calls that you get. I'm sitting there <laughs> laughing with you. I, but, uh, if it wasn't, if I didn't, uh, I'm like you. I mean, if there weren't light more, there's so much stress in the world in so many different ways. And I always tell Brock when I walk in, I said, you know what? I'm not getting caught up in the world's politics and all the hassles and even the serious stuff. If there's a way to make some whimsy out of that, I don't argue with people, as you know, for the most part. Everybody's got their own opinion, and that's fine. And I rarely get, you know, I get mad at Brock every other hour, but nonetheless, but he gets it every 10 minutes. But to your point, I appreciate it a great deal. The the premise has been to. Well, I hear all these you great sports. There's so many great sports it. experts that you yeah. can hear. Every, they got every Michigan State angle. They got all the background. They got all the history. And they've bounced to 40 different jobs trying to tell people how smart they are. But we don't pretend to be that. I just say the callers and the guests will be the smart ones or Brock one way or the other and let it go at that. And then just uh, be the I, I trigger. I don't qualify as either, as you well know, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll continue listening to you and enjoying your show. All right. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. Congratulate your son for us. Kyle Pearson was the very first producer. And we haven't caught up with him, Brock. And how long has it been? Uh, a year or two. Something like that. But he sent us a beautiful gift yesterday, which was way over the... Uh, a call of duty so we'll get caught up with him and my sense is that some of his memories could exceed what i have myself or maybe they he remembers them in a different way uh and that's next after this brief time out on we go the year number 31 has begun you are listening to the thursday sparrow start on sports
money at Meyer. Right now, mix or match over a thousand items and pay just one dollar each when you buy seven of items like extra large avocados, select varieties of Campbell's condensed soup, and select Body Armor Super Drink. Plus, it's double points week. Earn two times the points for every dollar you spend through Emperor's. No clip necessary. Get more for your money this week at Meyer. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Excludes fuel. It is always golf season at Michigan State's Forest Acres Complex. The pro shops have terrific closeouts on special apparel and merchandise. Great for gift giving. Check the website at any time for the latest on golf activities. That's golf.msu.edu. Call 355-1635 for any information on tee times and availabilities and practice anytime in the heated stalls on the East Course. The 2023 season will be better than ever. So always think golf is ongoing at MSU's Acres Golf complex. We all want more out of work and out of life. More top line ideas, more bottom line results, more support on the job to get us more time away from the job. To get more, it helps to have a trusted partner like Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan and Blue Care Network. It doesn't matter how big or small your business is. We help you stretch dollars and offer the health care coverage you want so you can focus on your job and life away from it. To see what Blue Cross can do for you, visit timeformore.com. The finest in Mexican food in our area, the three Qdoba Mexican Eats restaurants, Grand River Avenue in Okemos and East Lansing, Clifford Street in Frandor, 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Dine-in, takeout, catering, they have all those services for you. Google Qdoba restaurants in Okemos and see for yourself all the amenities that they have for you. At Qdoba, they offer customizable entrees to let you create your own meal masterpiece, fearlessly explore new favors at the Qdoba restaurants today. What do you mean he went searching for fresher powder? We have full classes today. Instructor down at Vesper Ski School. Toward each other to snowplow, honey, not away. She needs more ski instructors to slide. Culver's in the Eastwood Town Center. You always mention Stout on Sports at that one location. You always get 10% off. Open 1030 to 10. You can even call in advance to have your order delivered to you curbside right on time. No waiting in line at 374-1301. Okay? You'll love all the different options you have from Culver's, especially at this time of the year when you want to use the drive through Culver's has been red hot. Again, call in advance with your order at Culver's in the Eastwood Town Center, 374-1301. Bull Janitorial is red hot these days. Tough days for all of us. They clean commercial and industrial properties and absolutely clean those properties to the whisker. They provide emergency cleanup services. They're accepting new customers, but they do have a bit of a waiting list, okay? They have a large supply chain that protects customers. They never run out of things like toilet paper, cleaning products, things that customers rely upon. Try Bull Janitorial to make your workspace, your company, neat and and clean every day. Have you run over one of those potholes lately? Your vehicle suspension, steering exhaust, and other undercar components can be seriously compromised when you hit one of them. Now take a minute and give Lake Lansing Road Mobile a call to set up an appointment for an undercar inspection today. Their certified techs will inspect, repair, and put you at peace of mind that you can continue to safely maneuver the next pothole that comes your way. Call or stop by today. An undercar inspection. Lake Lansing Road Mobile. Lake Lansing Road and US 127. Call 484-2300. We go that extra mile. 
We've partnered for years with our official pizza, Cottage and Gourmet Pizza. You always get fast delivery and a variety of specials every day. Order online at cottagein.com. Convenient locations all over our area, especially East Lansing and Okemos. Cottage and Pizza offering a wide variety of gourmet pizzas, and you can build your own just the way you want. Handmade dough closes at 11.30 each night. Way to go, George Hoover, with the continued growth and success of our official pizza, Cottage and Gourmet Pizza. Good morning from Evan Wilson and everybody at Climax Insurance. He's the Executive Senior Vice President at 816-2000, okay? 816-2000, easy number to remember. You go online, Climax, C-L-I-M-A-X, insurance.com. Hit the request a quote button so he can look at where you are and what you need. You get a free gift card, spend it any way you want, and then go from there, no obligation. But I'm sure that you'll be glad you worked with Evan Wilson. White Law PLLC Studios, Lansing's only sports station. The game, 7.30 a.m. We're live in the Driven Collision Studios on a very busy Thursday, March 9th, uh, as I mentioned yesterday. And he's been with us before, and he lives in San Antonio, Texas, 30 years ago. The very first producer. He was, what a break for him, Brock. He was assigned to this program, this brand-new 30-minute program, noon to 12.30, 30 years ago. He was in a studio over on Mount Hope Avenue in Lansing, and uh, we were in a home in Okemos, and 30 years later, here we are. And Kyle Pearson sent us a wonderful gift yesterday, which the whole staff and Enjoy. Uh, good morning, Kyle. Thanks for joining us. And that was way beyond the call of duty, let me tell you. No, you, you deserve so much more. I mean, a lot of where I went and successes I had after Stout on Sports was all because of you and that show. And I... I uh, I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for me uh, over the years. So, no, I, I appreciate it. And not only happy 30th anniversary, but happy birthday as well. So Yeah, it's amazing. There are two days. I try to forget. The one I like to re to talk about is the anniversary <laughs> of the show. The birthdays, the numbers are going the wrong way. <laughs> but anyway, so update us. What are you doing now? And how long, because refresh my memory, how long did you serve as producer of Stout on Sports? Because that was not what what your sole duty was with radio in those days. No, no. When I started, I was producing um, the morning show for WVIC, and at one point, you know, the WVIC was the number one station in the nation for a market its size. They had the number one uh, morning show. It had a 30 share. It's the station that people thought would last forever. A few years later, that thing's gone. <laughs> Maybe I'm the one that killed it. I don't know. Uh, but... Um, yeah, the, I was there, and the uh, Bill Elliott, who was the program director at the time, saw me, and he was trying to do double duty. He was uh, running WVFN, which had just gotten started, and then he saw what I was doing on Stout on or uh, on uh, the morning show at WVIC, and he said, "Well." Do you think you can help us out and produce the show? It's only 30 minutes a, a day. And I'm like, sure, yeah, I can do it. And I said, you, you realize I don't know anything about sports, right? And he goes, all you need to do is get it on the air. So you and I'm I like, had okay. something in common, Brock would say, right out of the chute. <laughs> Neither one of us knew anything about sports. Some things haven't changed, yeah. Brock would tell you. Well, there, there are certain <laughs> things about sports he doesn't know about. 
And I'm not the only one, trust that, that thinks the same thinks uh, and knows uh, the same I mean, thing. The kids will tell you that. I mean, they'll say you and guys did. Too. You guys did have something Doc in too. common. You guys started that show, and neither one of you know anything about sports. What, 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 what Tim's good at, though, is talking. He can just keep talking, and, and you know, you have no idea if he's still on the same subject or not. So you don't know if he knows the subject. <laughs> Just keeps on talking. Thank you. Thank oh, you very uh, much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's gone a long way, I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I tell you, I tell you what, because I was 20 when that show started. I am now 50 years old. <laughs> and survived I it. I cannot believe. Yeah, and, and you're still on the air. That that does not happen. Like I said, 95 FM was number one in the country, and you came on to an AM station yeah. when, you know, as Sirius XM is popping up, and nobody needs AM anything. I had a car that didn't even have AM radio on it, and so <laughs> Somehow you succeeded, and now the show is three hours long, and, I mean, it's just a testament to your professionalism. Um, you, you just, you, it, it blew me away. Even just taking the calls when I was there, I was like, wow. <laughs> the people were so committed and dedicated to that show, and it wasn't, you know, it, it was such a, it had a strong following. I'm like, I'd walk into a uh, video store, and I was the guy in the background, and I would say something, and they're like, you're Kyle Pearson. I'm like, oh, you know me from 95. And he goes, no, you're uh, Stout on Sports. So I'm like, you recognize me from the background of Stout on Sports. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, you, you just, you, you, you changed the landscape of uh, uh, Lansing Radio. And, and for the better, I have to say. Kyle, you said that the listeners were uh, committed to the product. I think some of the people that listen to our show need to be committed. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think, I think Tim would agree with that. Over the years. Well, I've often That's said, true. you know, that they've taken a survey of our audience, and at least 42% of them pay income taxes. Most of them have not been convicted yet. You know, some of yet, them, you said, yes. our largest yeah. audience is from places of incarceration or so, our surveys show us all that kind of thing, because that's as far as we've gone. But that said, and I'm up a little bit against the clock, if you had one funny story to tell or one incident that caused you to laugh or causes you to laugh in high Insight from those days, what would it be? Okay, it was. This is a story I haven't told before, and I don't even know how many people know about it because I kind of kept it under wraps. But it happened behind the scenes, and I had gone out to a like a brunch with one of the other on-air personalities on the station. I won't say who. And we were. I had to get back to produce your show. And as we're coming back, we get pulled over, and I'm like, "Oh man, I don't have time for this." <laughs> So the, the cop comes, and he's talking to the, the person. And then the next thing I know is like, uh, could you step out of the car, please? And I'm like, um, what's happening here? And he leans over, and he says, well, my license plate tabs are expired. And I'm like, okay. And he comes out, and they're talking for a while. And then I look in the side view mirror, and now they got him bent over the hood of the car, <laughs> put handcuffs on him. And I'm like, what is going on? The cop comes over, he says he has unpaid parking tickets. And I'm like, okay, but I need to be all the way down this street. This is Okemos Road when we were at the other location. And I was like, um, i got to get all the way down Mount Hope. And they said, uh, there's nothing we can do to help you out. And I had no cell phones back then, no nothing. So I'm running as fast as I can down Mount Hope, trying to get to the show on time. I bolt through the door. I am sweating. I'm out of breath. 
And they're like, what happened? I'm like, I can't talk about it. And <laughs> I'm starting flipping all the switches, and I think I got you on the air probably two seconds after I had everything ready to go. I was like, bam, 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 bam. We were on the air, and I'm just sitting there, and I was shaking. I'm like, oh, my Lord. And then I had to call and try to get him taken care of. <laughs> Like, and I never told anybody this, but it was so funny. It wasn't even like a big deal. But uh, I, I, people could probably try to figure out which on-air personality I'm talking about. But uh, that's I'm just going to leave that there. Well, and I'll give you one that I didn't tell Brock either. Remember the one day, because in those days, that you know, there was a deal breaker for this show if they couldn't put some kind of a contraption on the roof that would, you know, so that I could make a studio out of the house because I had to be home because you know, she's teaching and the kids need. You you know, they're, they're too young. So one day, uh, Kyle calls and he says, you know, we're getting a lot of interference on the signal this morning. The signal's not clear. There's something wrong. The wind's blown that antenna to a locator in a position where the signal, we got static and all that. Can you come in here and do it? So I, I don't remember how I figured it out, but, but we were already on the air. So we had a caller in those days who never shut up. I mean, this guy never, ever, ever. Was it Woody? I don't remember exactly, but yeah, we had a call. It was Woody. So he uh, never shut up. So we, I know. So, so I he calls in, and I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to do this on the air. I said, you never stop talking. I got to get to the studio to finish this show, and your call is clear because it's not going through my studio. It's going back through Kyle. I want to jump in the car and drive as fast as I possibly can 10 minutes down the road and come in and finish the show in the studio. But you're going to have to talk to Kyle. I said this on the air. So, okay. So he goes into whatever he's talking about. I'm, I'm 30 seconds down the road. He's out. He doesn't have anything else to talk about. Oh, no. So that leaves Kyle. Yeah. Like Brian, Kyle says there's no cell phones in those days. None right. of that. Nobody, so that I could call you and do it on the phone. Hardly anybody I'm had cell phones. I'm going 1,000 miles an hour to pull in there. And so now Kyle's left to his own. I think we threw public service announcements in there for about eight minutes till I got in there. Yikes. And that was be yeah, and at yeah. that point, Kyle, remember, we said if we're going to do that, I'm going to have to be in a studio with him to make this thing work. That was a classic. Yeah, we. There's actually. I found the very end of that uh, that call, and I put it online. It's on YouTube. I made a like it's a 30 minute montage of different things that happened on the show. And really? I put it on YouTube. I think it's called Lug Nuts um, Reaction because a lot of it was the the lug nuts. I think we had Carrie Sayers in for part of it, and because you were at the location, so it's got a montage of different stuff from anniversary shows. Woody trying to wrap it up, and and all I have is the end. Unfortunately, you can't hear the whole thing, but it's him talking very slowly. Oh, it was! I'll never forget trying. that flying through the <laughs> oh, neighborhood. Yeah, I, I mean, it was horrible. You know, the funny thing is, I and I got to let you go because I'm I'm behind on. I got another. I I got something else we got coming up here out of the break. It's amazing. All the reminiscences over 30 years have absolutely nothing to do with high-class quality broadcasting and professionalism. <laughs> Every well, single thing that we reminisce about is completely amateur hour. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a joke. And But I, I love it so much that 30 
years later, I'm calling you up to make sure I can be part of your your, your show. So, well, so happy 30th, happy birthday, and and I wish the best for you. When when are you retiring? I, when are you retiring? Why, why do you do this still? I don't know. It's because it's like a, one of the callers said. I said, how can you possibly keep fooling these people as long as you? Have? Well, I mean, I fooled my wife for 39 years, so you know, I mean, but at any rate, but I appreciate the time and the loyalty and all that good stuff. Stay in touch. Let's talk more often because there is more fun to reminisce and it's good talking and getting caught up with you and thanks for t- for uh, being with us. Will do. Take care of yourself and good luck to you guys in the future. All right, Kyle Pearson, there you go from San Antonio, Texas. Now, every single reminiscence we've had this entire week has been about amateur hour. <laughs> Which just shows that you don't need you don't need Tim, to... I have a whole folder in my in my Like uh, why hasn't someone said you know you've had the finest interviews with the finest people in the world of broadcasting? Tim, I have an audio that. folder of some of the greatest things you've said on the air. <laughs> You can imagine, folks. <laughs> uh, uh, one of my favorite people is coming up next, and he's in the news big time in sports next, okay? Uh, I'll just say stay tuned. He's next. On we go. This is your 31 of the Sparrow Stud on sports. tailgating season or any other special occasion, Tom's Food Centers in Okemos and Portland are ready to make it great for you. The entire family has created Tom's Food Centers and they upgrade the stores with new renovations on a consistent basis. And it's also so convenient to get in and out right away seven days a week. A lot of things on sale. The stores are fully stocked. They're neat, clean, sanitary. And for all those special occasions, you can dart in and out anytime, seven days a week. Try them. Tom's Food Centers in Okemos in Portland. Of all the recommendations that I've ever given you on this program through the years, no one goes higher than the Munn team for real estate advice. John and Jan Munn work as hard as anyone in the business, trust me, and they truly are realtors who get results. John's cell phone, 881-6623. Jan's at 282-6781. And when they put the one-two whammy on a sale or to get you the best deal possible, you have the best people working for you. The Munn team, realtors who truly get results for anything real estate. Penn Station, East Coast Subs, are you ready for March Madness? You want the best dining anywhere for all those special games? Two locations across from the Lansing Mall and Clippert Street for Andor. There's always a special every month. How about the Reuben Sub for March? That may be the best special in my opinion, I'm up the mall. From Mark and Cheryl Kellogg, they say, hey, catering, carry out, whatever special occasion you have, there is no menu for subs like you'll find at Penn Station East Coast Subs, Clippert Street, Frandor, and across from the Lansing Mall. When the yellow tags go up, the prices come down. The Shaheen Yellow Tag Sales Event has vehicles priced to sell. This 2018 certified Equinox was $20,000, now it's eighteen eight. This 2020 Silverado was 45,000, now just 39. This 2018 Trax was 16.7, now it's just 14.9. This certified 2020 Traverse was $31,000, now just 29.5. Save big at the Shaheen Yellow Tag Sales event. Imagine this, a day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement, Extraordinary moments that build memories to last. M app. Tap, tap, tap in today. 
We're live in the Driven Collision Studios here at WVFN Radio. Nice to have you with us wherever you are. It was about three minutes before we went on the air yesterday with our 30th anniversary show that the news release uh, hit us. Uh, unbeknownst to us as well that uh, the Lansing Lugnuts were being sold from the original owner, Tom Dixon, who owned the franchise from its inception back in 1996. And for the very first time, and it always came up because it's a world of transactions, of course, across a lot of things in life including sports, uh, and Tom has decided the time has come to go ahead and pass the torch, and so he has sold the franchise to a new company. I have long felt that this community, I've said this year after year after year, somewhat of a surprise to me, because I can remember being downtown when the Lugnuts name was unveiled. I wonder what impact uh, a Class A minor league franchise is going to have on the community. Well, 27 years later, exactly look at how much nicer downtown Lansing is, how many thousands upon thousands of people have in one way or the other enjoyed the lug nuts over all these years in a variety of ways. Well, Tom and then, then Lansing Mayor David Hollister put this whole concept together and look where we are today. Tom Dix is in his Phoenix, Arizona this morning and he's on the other end of our line. To be honest with you, Tom, I hate to see you get out. I got to tell you that. Well, <laughs> Tim, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's, uh, as I said in the press release yesterday, uh, it's a little bittersweet, my friend. Um, I have loved every every day that I've spent uh, doing this venture in Lansing, and the people I've met, and uh, people like you that I've gotten to know. It's uh, it's it's a very bittersweet decision. So I appreciate you saying that. Uh, has this been in the works for a while, Tom, or did this fall into place all of a sudden? Uh, it's been in the works for a while, um, although not you know not terribly long. I mean, we 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 first started talking to this group probably last fall, Tim. Um, you know, things like this take, take a while, right? I mean, the first thing is um, I, I wanted to make sure that if we ever sold the team, we sold it to the right group um, with the right intentions, <laughs> if you know what I mean, in terms of keeping the team there. I mean, the last thing I would ever do, I mean, I knew the day would come eventually that we had to sell it. You can't own things forever, but um, it, it was really, really important to me after everything we've been able to, to do together with the people in Lansing, the city of Lansing, that um, this initiative continues to go forward. And um, so, yeah, we started talking to them. They convinced us that that's exactly what was our objective. Uh, they're really good people. I've known these guys for a long time. And uh, I just decided that this was the right group at the right time. So, yeah, it's been going on for a while, but not, not all that long. And might any of your influence been, Tom, the fact that Major League Baseball wants to be in control, if that's the right term, more to more of a degree than it has been previously without how, with how Minor League Baseball franchises are operated these days? Or did that have nothing to do with this altogether? You know, it really didn't have anything to do with it, Tim. Um, it has been a change. I mean, for your listeners who aren't close to this, I mean, um, you know, for 100 years, minor league baseball was kind of an independent organization. We had a relationship with minor league baseball, but it was it was it was really just a casual relationship. A couple of years ago, as as you know, MLB came in and really took over the minor leagues. So they do control the minor leagues much more directly, um, and there are pros and cons to that. You know, it's it's. It's, it's a little bit more of a, a big business probably now than it used to be because we're, we're working directly with Major League Baseball. But on the other hand, you know, they're, they're smart people. They're, uh, you know, they brought some sophistication to the game that um, I think has been pretty good. So 
Um, all in all, it's been I think it's been a positive thing. And no, it, it really had nothing to do with our decision. Could there be any holdup in the final approval of this sale in any way? Or is this just going to be a rubber stamp moving forward in this group? And when exactly does this group officially own the lug nuts? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything that's going to hold it up. I mean, um, the Lansing City Council, um, you know, has to officially approve the transfer of the lease from our team to um, to the new owner, which I don't expect will be an issue. I'm actually coming in next week to present to the council and introduce them to this new group. So I, I don't anticipate that'll be an issue. And then uh, we have to get final approval from Major League Baseball. Uh, which we've, we've been given preliminary approval already. So I don't expect that'll be an issue. Uh, and then to answer your question, the, the closing on the transaction will probably happen right around the end of the month, this month. Um, it really would be cleaner to do it before we get into the season. Um, so we make a clean break. So I, I think it'll be done before we play our first game this year. You have a very loyal staff. How did you notify the staff that this was going to occur? Um, well, some of them knew about it for a while, as you can imagine. This is not something you do by yourself, right? So, um, you know, our general manager, Zach, has been aware for quite some time. Uh, you know, Jesse, who's our media radio person, has been involved. And a couple other people have known about it. But um, to answer your question, the rest of the staff, you know, we, we didn't want to upset anybody and tell them about something that might happen. So we... We kept it confidential, actually, until just a few, few days ago. Um, we let everybody else know. Obviously, before we we announced it to the to the media and to the public, we obviously wanted to sit down and talk to our staff. So most of them just found out actually earlier this week. And are, you've been involved with other minor league franchises. Do you still have any business in minor league baseball? And moving forward, what do you want to do? <laughs> well. <laughs> um, I'll answer the second one in a minute. The, the first one is I don't, I don't have any ownership in minor league teams anymore. I won't after this. Um, although I do own, as you, I think, know, Tim, I own a food service company, and we do, we do food service at minor league baseball stadiums all over the country. It's a business I started about 15 years ago, and um, it, it's, it's a fun little business, and we, we operate the food service. So, we, you know, we sell the, the hot dogs and the beer, at about 35 minor league baseball teams around the country. And by the way, we're going to continue to do that in Lansing with the new owner group. So even though I won't own it, I'll still, I'll still have something to do with it and I'll still be around from time to time. So I'll get a, I'll get to say hi to my friends like you. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. Are the challenges of owning a minor league baseball franchise much different today than they were back in the mid nineties when the lug nuts came into creation? You know, it's just a, it, it is it is a different business for sure. It's a more uh, sophisticated business. It's become a bigger business, obviously. Um, just like everything else in this world, Tim, you you made a comment earlier. I mean, everything changes. Everything is is uh, everything's more sophisticated. Um, you know, at the heart of it, it's not that different. You know, it's still. I, I've always believed that it's about providing great, inexpensive family entertainment for people in a in a great, clean wonderful venue. Um, and I don't think that's changed. You know, some of the details of running a business, of course, have changed and the technology is completely different. Um, but in terms of the fundamentals, I, I, you know, I, maybe I'm an old, maybe I'm an old school guy, but I don't think that's changed too much. 
Is there anything over these 27 years, Tom, with this franchise you are the most proud of? Well, for sure, Tim. You, you mentioned it. We brought the team there in 96 with the objective of helping renovate and rejuvenate downtown Lansing. And I don't think there's any question we've been able to accomplish that. I mean, uh, just in the last few years, you've seen all the changes to the, to the downtown. I mean, I, I don't think it would look like that if it wasn't for what we were able to do oh. together with the city. So, yes, I, that's the thing I'm most proud of by far. So I've been around here a thousand years. You know, Lansing is the capital of this state and the heart of the state. Okay, so it's going to get exposure, if nothing else, because it is the capital of the state. And when I remember growing up in some of the downtown areas, you know, there, there were efforts of a variety of different ways to try to make it look better. And I remember when the announcement the Lugnuts were created and they were going to try to build a ballpark down there. Brock and I are the same with us. We went down there in that seedy neighborhood, and I said, there's no way. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not an architect but well since then tom i have to do you think the gillespies would be down there do you think all the other developers would have been downtown would there be new hotels going in down there would all of that upgrade have occurred without the lug nuts now that might be a simple way of saying you're giving them more you know credit than maybe they're due i don't think so i don't think the lansing center would have been what it is today i don't think all of those complexes all those lofts all that i don't think any of that would have been there uh without the foresight between you and the mayor at the time and the city council at the time and the real you know when i see so many times in government so much bickering so much hate so much distrust and then i look at the way the city has come together with a professional sports franchise and what it has done to the capital city in the state of Michigan, it's just mind-boggling to me that it proves that if you've got the right people involved with this, look what can be accomplished. You know, it may sound a little corny, Tom, but exactly, I got to tell you, that's how I feel. I frankly, that's how I feel. Well, that makes two of us. (laughs) It's, um, you know, there's a lot of doubters, right? I mean, it, it was a, I guess you could say it was a risky proposition. We did it, you know, both, both us, um, with our business side of it and, and Dave Hollister with the city side of it, I, I know there were a lot of doubters. I mean, <laughs> the, the day we announced the name of the team, obviously, there, you know, people booed us. Right? It's like, um, but listen, um, there's no question. You asked the question, would downtown be the same? No way. I mean, no way Gillespie would be down there. And I don't think that beautiful Meyer grocery store across the street and, no you know, the restaurants and bars and, and businesses, they, I don't think they'd be there. No. I mean, no there's way. No, there's no question. We brought, you know, hundreds of thousands. I think I saw the, the number the other day. We brought 9 million people to that ballpark in the last 27 years. I mean, that, that is an amazing number. And that, that, it made people feel comfortable coming back downtown again, essentially. And that's what, that's what did this. Well, the other thing is, before I let you go, and I'm up against the clock, when I look at the yep. quality of your advertisers who have stayed with the lug nuts through all the years, these just aren't dime store advertisers. They've got the big shots in business. They would not do that, I don't think, out of charity. I think they all have community support in mind. I think they think that's a great way to support the community and their message. And all you have to do is look at those outfield walls and check the caliber of the, uh, you know, the sponsors, the lug nuts have held together through all these years beginning with Jackson National Life and Oldsmobile, uh, let alone Dean Transportation, and on and on and on it goes, and you can see why the Lugnuts have been as successful and moving forward they are. Tom, I am up against the clock. I appreciate your time and certainly your concern for the community all these years, and I look forward to seeing you when you get back in here in town. 
Let's stay in touch. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Congratulations Tom. to you. Thank you, Tom. We'll talk to you soon, Tom Dixon. The only owner the Lansing Lugnuts have ever had. The sale expected to be formalized, completed by the end of the month. You can get tickets for the Crosstown Showdown April 4th. All right, Michigan State and the Lugnuts, 705 Jackson Field. 485-4500. Just give them a call and they'll direct you around. We have another brand new guest, never been on the air before. He's next after the news. This is a busy Thursday, Sparrow Stout on Sports. It's the red-hot place in Lansing, in the Frandor Shopping Center, Sparty's Coney Islands. It's where all the world's problems get solved by everybody that loves the place, and it's only open till 2 o'clock each day. The breakfasts on Saturday or any other day are great, but those Sparty Coney Islands are fantastic. Catering carry out the works, okay? Oh, there are other items on the menu, but on Tuesdays, you can get the Sparty's Coney Island Spectacular for half price, $1.99 for Coney's. That's on Tuesday. Sparty's Coney Islands in Frandor. Mid-Michigan Tax and Accounting is moving to a new location. The number is the same, 694-9545 for Deb Alderding and her staff to give you the best tax and accounting help you'll find anywhere. The new address, all right, is located on the north end of Lansing near State Road. 15851 South US 27, Building 20, Suite 21. And if that's too much for you, call and get the direction. 694-9545, a new location now for MidMichigan Tax and Accounting. For more than 15 years, custom-built design and remodeling in Okemos has been the leading full-service design-build remodeling company anywhere in our state. If you're curious about the differences that they have from the other companies, well, I'm here to tell you custom-built is a fantastic company. Company. We had them put a deck on our home. They did it in 11 days. It was absolutely spectacular. They designed it. They did the work. But for any remodeling projects you have in your home, decks, whatever, you contact Custom Built Design in Okemos. The Michigan News Network. I'm Beth Fisher. Looking to reduce costs by about $2 billion, General Motors is offering buyouts to salaried employees and executives. GM officials are calling it a volunteer. To the Sparrow Stout on Sports. On Lansing Sports Station. The game, 7.30 a.m. Starring the Dean of Mid-Michigan Sports, Tim Stout. Give him a call on the Culligan Water Hotline at 517-300-4263. Or send him an email at tim.stout at wilx.com. Now, celebrating his 30th anniversary on the radio in Mid-Michigan, here's the Dean himself, Tim Stout. On we go with hour number two on this Thursday morning. We remind you about our partners at Shaheen Chevy Cadillac, more than 50 years young, helping thousands of people in the uncertain world of automotive. They'll be a great partner with you moving forward a variety of ways. Believe me, you can depend on the wonderful people at Shaheen Chevy Cadillac. As we all know, the state of Michigan is a marvelous football state in a variety of different ways. Uh, there are a lot of pent-up, frustrated Lions fans. The Lions have never been to the Super Bowl, but Brock, what was it, 40 years ago, the Michigan Panthers of the United States Football League won that league title, right? The, the, when the USFL beat the Philadelphia Stars 24-22 at Mile High Stadium in Denver, Bobby Bear and Anthony Carter, and it's ironic that uh, it was played in Denver, Colorado, because that's where our next guest is.
right now. Well, the United States Football League has a resurgence, okay? It began last year with eight franchises. They all played out of Birmingham, Alabama. Now, this year, there will be hub sites, and that includes Ford Field in Detroit, which is the home of the Michigan Panthers. I believe their first of ten regular season games is coming up on April 30th, and Philadelphia, for whatever reason, is also going to play, at least this year anyway, out of Detroit. There was a new head coach of the Michigan Panthers, okay? Last year, Jeff Fisher, who had a long background in the NFL, NFL. He coached the team to a 2-8 record. Things change. He dropped out. And Mike Nolan is the new head coach of the USFL Michigan Panthers with an enormously long background in football as a coach in a variety of ways. He was the head coach of the NFL San Francisco 49ers. Like Brock says, 2005-8. He was the assistant coach of the New Orleans Saints from 2017-19. to 19. He was the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys in 2020. And now Mike, and he's, uh, I don't know, it's in his biography. So uh, I wish I was his age, frankly. He's he just 60, celebrated a birthday. He's 64 now, and he's going uh, coming to us this morning in Denver, Colorado. And that's a long introduction for him. But if you got a long resume, you have a long resume, and Mike Nolan's on our line. Did I mess any of that up, Mike, in any way, or is that pretty close to accurate? No, you did. You did very well. You, I was impressed. You did really well. I know you had to be reading it though, because there's way too much. <laughs> your dad was Dick Nolan. I still can picture your dad on my television screen in those younger days. Did you always want to be a football coach after your father, or how did that relationship work? You know, I really wanted to play, but obviously that only went so long. I played in college at the University of Oregon, but when I was done, my career was over. So uh, I always loved the game. I loved the camaraderie, and so I got into coaching. You know, a lot of friends of mine always tell me that, boy, we knew you'd be a coach all along when I was a kid, and I thought, well, I didn't know. And I mean, I didn't really figure it out until I got out of school when we're all kind of wondering, what the heck am I going to do next? And uh, so that's when I started to. But otherwise, I've been around coaching my whole life, as you've already stated. My father was a NFL, long-time NFL coach and played in the NFL as well. But uh, it's really, I guess it's about all I knew. So it seemed like the logical choice to go become a coach. So, Mike, before I get to the USFL, with all those years in the NFL, why do you think that league's popularity has exploded the way it has? And do you think that's going to continue moving forward? I think it's going to continue to move forward for a couple of reasons. Well, one is that, well, obviously people love, you know, a lot of people like the game of football. It's a, it's a spring league in a time when the NFL obviously is not playing. So they get to, they get that. Uh, I think it's a quality brand of football. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, I think it helps us the fact that Fox is, is who owns us. Um, and it may, I think it gives us a better chance to be successful over the long haul. Um, I think it's extremely affordable. I know you guys know that the ticket prices came out the other day. And, I mean, it's, a, it's very affordable for a family. You know, if a father wants to take his family to the game or mother or whoever it is, or a bunch of guys want to get together or gals and go watch a football game, um, you look, spend your money at the, at the stadium on, on uh, you know, things to eat as opposed to and drink if you want to rather than, than just getting a ticket to get in the house. And uh, so I think there's a lot of things. I think the rules in, in our game, there's about a half a dozen rules that I think are really great, really good improvements to the game of football that, that I wish the NFL at some time would, would do. And they've been talked about for a long time. But you're never out of the game in the rules we have. You know, if you're behind or even if you're ahead, the game is not won, you know, in the third quarter if you've got a lead or if you're way behind. It's, it's a game that you can come back very quickly with a three-point conversion and things like that. So I think there's a lot of exciting things about the game that that we'll have and uh, 
And hopefully a lot of our players not only play in our league, but they go on to the NFL after after they've been with us for a while. Yeah, Mike Nolan is with us. He's the coach of the USFL Michigan Panthers. They begin their regular season at the end of next month. Mike, before we get back to the USFL, you were in Dallas in 2020. There's a kid there with Dallas who's from our area, the quarterback, Cooper Rush. Did you know him very well? Do you have any reminiscence of being around Cooper Rush, even though he's a quarterback and you were the defensive coordinator? Uh, I, I watched him a lot. I don't. I can't say that I did anything other than maybe say hello to Cooper as, as far as people go, so you could call his acquaintances. But uh, I remember him playing, and he and he did an outstanding job for us. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that Cooper was there before we got there, and I think we let him go when we brought him back because we had some football, we had some quarterback injuries that year. Um, but I do remember him uh, well as a player. But like you said, I didn't have a relationship with him personally. Right. So you made reference a moment ago about some of the different rules the USFL will you know, use this coming season, different from the NFL that you said you wish the NFL would copy. What would those rules be? Well, one of them, I guess this, this first one's not an exciting one, but uh, the uh, well, let me get to the exciting one first. The th- we have a three-point conversion now that you can put the ball at the 10-yard line after you've scored a touchdown and go for three points. Um, and I think that's that's kind of exciting. Uh, the chances, I don't know what the chances will be or what the analytics will show as far as converting it, but it's it's uh, it's a great way to get back in the game if you need to, you know, if you need nine points rather than eight or seven. Um, you know, when you think about it, you could be 18 points behind, which in an NFL game is, is for sure three scores to get there, and it's only two scores in our game. Now, that's good for the offense, but it's also, you know, if you're behind, you can come back. But if you're ahead, you gotta you got to maintain, you got you got to still play competitive football. You can't get all soft and think, hey, look, we're just trying to defend a score here and win the game and go home. Uh, things could change really quickly. So the three-point conversions, one, uh, our overtime, we don't really have an overtime. We have more of a sudden death where we put the ball on the two-yard line and you've got three tries, each team, and whoever comes out ahead after three uh, wins the game. Um, you know, I'm personally have never liked the NFL uh, over time, because I think it's extremely unfair to to one of the teams potentially in the NFL. As you know, if a team goes down and scores in overtime, a touchdown, the game's over. Well, that, to me, I've always thought you know if you're a baseball fan and you went into extra innings and somebody hit it out of the park at the top of the tenth inning and they said the game's over because they hit a home run, everybody'd look at them like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I mean. I get my try, too. Well, in the NFL right now, like I said, I think it's the dumbest thing out there. I mean, to think that if you score a touchdown, I don't get a try. So we're going to put the ball at the two-yard line, and each team gets three tries. Now, I will say this, though. I think the best uh, overtime is clearly the college, what they have got. I think they've, they've got – I think it's exciting, and, and uh, it's you know people look forward to it. But the other thing is from a penalty standpoint, you know, the pass interference penalty um, in the NFL is a spot foul. And how often do you see somebody just throw the ball deep and the ball, and it's a 40 yard penalty if, if you get defensive interference? Now, if it's flagrant, I can understand that, but some of it's just incidental contact and it's a 40 yard penalty. I mean, that's like, that's like driving 65 and a 55 and they give you the death penalty. You know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, just, just find me for appropriately. Um, and that's just a couple examples of things that I think are, are really good improvements to, to our game. Uh, there's one other one. I don't know the exactness to it right now, but the, the, uh, 30, the 40 second clock, I should say, is different uh, at different times in the game. And, and uh, in a first down, we'll stop the clock under two minutes in the game, not to make the game long. If it was the entire game, it'd be like a college game where it really gets long. But we're only going to do that within two minutes of each half. 
and I think that's a, a real improvement because now you don't you don't need as many timeouts and you know you're rewarded for getting first downs things like that. So little 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 rule changes I believe will, will make our game better and more exciting to watch. Right. You you've had a long pro career. Of all those stops, have you ever coached a game on the sidelines for somebody at Ford Field in Detroit where the Panthers will play? I have. Well, I've obviously been an opponent there uh, several times over the years. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a loud place. It's a noisy place. Uh, they, they've got home field advantage. I know it doesn't seem like it to some people at times with the Lions, but obviously this year was, I think, an example of how this team's improving. Um, but, uh, Ford Fields is a, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a loud place. And hopefully we can get to the point where it's loud for us as well. Uh, in your long years as a professional football coach, uh, maybe you noticed that the NFL Players Association this last season apparently came out in uh, opposition to artificial turf, that some of them said we'd rather play on grass. Would that be the same feeling, do you think, of USFL football players? And toward that end, as a long person in the NFL, what do you think of the, if there is an issue, of players in the professional game playing on artificial turf or grass as we all know Ford Field is artificial turf. Yeah, you know, it, well, obviously the question is somewhat out of my area of expertise for sure, but I will say I think, uh, and generally speaking, more players than, than not would, would say they, they obviously enjoy a grass field because it's a softer field, and a lot of them are every bit as fast as, as any as, as the turf field has become. Uh, back in the day, that they you know the, the run-and-shoot teams and things like that used to love the AstroTurf field because they were so fast. It was like just playing on, you know, playing on concrete, for that matter. But it was, uh, but nowadays, in the way the turf fields are made, they're not, they're not as exceptionally fast. They're, they're more equal to the grass, but they're not as soft as the grass fields. Um, and I, I think that's really what it is. I think guys just get a feeling that it's, and it may not be if you just took a collision, you know, it's however they would gauge something like that. I don't know if it's really that different anymore because today's turf fields are pretty, I mean, they're pretty good fields. You know, they, they're not they're not like they once were when you went back to the Astrodome way back in the years before when it was just, you just put a rug on top of concrete. That was pretty hard. But otherwise, I'm not, I didn't, I wasn't really aware of, of what you said as far as the, the, uh, the players making a movement to try and get more grass fields. But I know this, I've been to Baltimore in the, in the dead of winter, and that field is as beautiful as I've ever seen a field, and it just shocked me. I don't know how they do it, but, but, uh, we were there in, uh, in December a, a couple of years ago, and, and it was it was as green and pretty as you, you could ever imagine. So whatever they're doing there in the winter, if everyone did that, I think you could have grass everywhere. Obviously, there's a cost factor, you know, in in maintaining it that that you don't have in turf. Right. So, Mike, how will the Panthers populate the roster, and will any of those guys be around the NFL draft next month, one way or the other, and have a decision to make on being either a free agent signing with an NFL team or a seventh round draft pick who might get a better chance? in the USFL how's that going to work well we just had our draft and and that's in and it's a great question because you kind of walk a fine line in our draft because you don't really want to get the the top going to be NFL player right away because obviously we'll never see him the, in a perfect world we draft a player that, uh, that needs some more maturing uh, that's going to be a real good NFL player but in the meantime we can be that that uh, that source that, that you know again improves his skills and things like that so in our draft that was a lot of our target was trying to get guys that we thought we could have for a year or two and send them on to the NFL um, because then we know we're getting the right guys 
Um, now, I would believe that most of the guys we drafted are hoping to get a shot in the NFL. Uh, that would only make sense. And whether they do or whether they don't, if the, the key is if they don't make it, we have the rights to those players. So hopefully they come to, you know, hopefully it would be nice if, if the players that we, like I'd like for this to happen, all the guys that we draft get drafted, but they don't really, you know, but uh, they don't make it and we get, we get some time to work with them and then send them back to the NFL if that's the case down the road. Um, and, I'm, you know, we just have to wait and see if, if that's the case. But uh, that's really the, the most of our players right now are guys that have been in the NFL that are looking to get another shot, and uh, and they want to play ball and get some good tape and, and mature as a player uh, before they go back to the NFL. Right. And when you signed on with the USFL and signed on with the Michigan Panthers, was it explained to you in a broad sense what the mission down the road in a perfect world, what the USFL hopes to accomplish and where it hopes to go? It wasn't explained to me, no, um, but that wouldn't have mattered. Obviously, on the short term is what I was most concerned with because, you know, in, in, in a, even the NFL, you know, it's, uh, it's day-to-day, whatever you do. But but I would say this. I think it's got a great future. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Fox is who, is who owns us. I think that's, that's good for us, good for the game. Um, uh, I think they're keeping costs to, to – uh, to a point that that uh, that we are successful, because as you all well know, when costs get too much, then they they'll shut down the league. So we're keeping it to a, to a degree that we can do the job. We can play football, play in the spring, uh, be competitive, be exciting, be affordable uh, to the public, and uh, supply you know and and actually give the public some football in a spring league that can uh, sustain you know whatever it might be and, and continue to play for the for the you know, for the fans. So um, I'm, I, I think it's out personally, the way it's set up, I think it's, it's set up to succeed. I think it'll grow. Um, I think you'll see teams uh, hopefully down the road where every team has its, is back to its home site. As you well know, Michigan Panthers share the Detroit uh, site with, uh, with the Philadelphia stars. You know, it'd be nice if in a year, the stars were back in Philadelphia and, and instead of having four sites with two teams at each site this year, you have eight sites for the eight teams. Uh, and I think in the long term it could even expand more and get to, get to the full number of USL, USFL teams that it was back in the early '80s when it started. Right. So. Um, and your first oh, game is April. Your first game of the ten on the regular season schedule at Ford Field. That's April 30th. Am I correct in saying that? That is true. That's true. We open up on the 15th, but we're on the road for two weeks. So okay. you're you're exactly. All right, Mike, good luck. Uh, Welcome to Michigan. Welcome to the Michigan Panthers. They've won it before. Who knows? Maybe they'll do it again if it's not the Lions. Maybe the Panthers once again. I certainly appreciate your time. You got our phone number. I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you, Tim. I look forward to it, too. Thank you very much. Good, Mike. Mike Nolan, he's age 65. had his birthday two days ago. He turned 64 two days ago. Mike Nolan is the coach of the USFL Michigan Panthers. And the USFL requested, and we agreed. They said, would you mind interviewing the coach of the Michigan Panthers? And uh, I said, they they picked our show, asked, can you you visit with him and spread the word of the Michigan Panthers? And I was confused the other day because I said, like Brock said, no, you're confused. The XFL's different from the USFL. Correct. Who cares about fall football anymore? This is a spring sport. You know, this is a spring sport. Baseball and softball have gone to the winter. Football's gone to the spring. <laughs> Here we go. We'll go to break. Come back. Another guest in a moment. On we go. This is the Thursday. Year 31 underway. Sparrow Stout on sports.
for more than 80 years, MidMichigan has benefited from all those wonderful quality dairy stores. There's always one close to you. And as we like to say, it's always quality dairy time around MidMichigan in so many different ways. But convenience is number one. With fresh baked goods every day in the deli and a whole lot more for you. Pick up anytime you want for the most sundry items you can imagine. It's always quality dairy with quality start to finish. We love quality dairy taking care of so many people throughout mid-Michigan. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MerckBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank. Member FDIC Equal Opportunity Employer. Doggy Daycare and Spa is proud to be the area's original doggy daycare center. With nearly two decades in business, we strive to provide your dog with the very best in cageless daycare, overnight boarding, and a full line of grooming services. Our expertly trained staff's commitment and love for your four-legged family member will be apparent the first time you step through our doors. With locations in Lansing and Okemos, we are convenient for everyone. Give us a call at 333-WOOF. That's 333-9663. Visit us online at lansinghiphounds.com. Or better yet, stop in for a tour today. Doggy Daycare and Spa, where the hip hounds hang out. We've got a high five to Greg Sinecropi and everyone who has built Arts Pub into an iconic location on Kalamazoo Street in downtown Lansing. It's a great game day hangout serving a wide menu of pub grub and pizza plus a shuffleboard table, dine-in or takeout, closes at 11 p.m. And the menu can be found online at artspublansing.com or call 977-1033. Serving all three labor shifts in the city with wonderful fare. Arts Pub, Kalamazoo Street, have a great time there. In Lansing. We're here with Julie Young with Simplified Tax. And Julie, let's talk new businesses. The pandemic changed how and where people work. We've seen a big increase in what we like to call the side hustle. One of Michigan's big supporters is Chupin and Sons Recyclers, located out of Kalamazoo, but a presence all over the state in the Midwest. Founded in 1968 by the family, Mark Chupin is the head these days, Tom Emmerich at his side, and recycling to make the state a better place is the aim. Google Chupin for all of the locations and opportunities to recycle and make our state cleaner. Good employment opportunities as well. From a six-person scrap metal recycler now with over 500 skilled employees, Way to go, Shoepan and Sons. One of the great companies in the greater Lansing area for years and years, the Eyed Company, now Eyed Development. And there's always something new 2023, a big year for Eyed Development. And Nathaniel's here to tell us more. Thanks, Tim. Excited to be here. Come visit us at Eyed.com for any of your commercial real estate needs, whether it's office, residential, retail, industrial. Whatever your needs are, come visit IDE.com and we'll help you. Particularly for office in Woodland Square, that Okemos and Jolly area is very popular. For retail up in that area at Woodland Square, you might find one of our tenants, Gray's Craze, coming soon. That's new. In downtown Lansing, where we're seeing more and more people back to work, come and see uh, uh, Sweet Encounters, the bakery cafe that's down there. Come and see us for any of your commercial needs at IDE Development, IDE.com. 
It is one of the best companies I've ever seen in the mid-Michigan area with wonderful people to take care of you in every way, every day. Doty Mechanical to serve you. You see those trucks everywhere. 327-7777, locally owned and operated. Heath Atkerson says we offer a full range of indoor air quality products for healthier living, a factory authorized carrier dealer. Offering a full range of maintenance services to ensure your equipment operates at peak efficiency, all while extending its life. As we like to say, experience the Doty difference, indoors or outdoors. Doty Mechanical 327-7777. The official printer of Stout on Sports, the best printer, best print shop I've seen in the area, ASAP Printing, Enochemus. West Jolly Road on the strip mall just off Okemos Road. Ed Giles got it. It's easy to find. You park right in front. It's clearly marked. 349-7300 with any questions. ASAP printing. All right. If you need signage for getting your people back to work, Florida Cal's, informational posters, yard signs, banners, all that because of the pandemic or anything, that's ASAP printing where no job is too big or too small in Okemos. All right, tax season, you got to file by April 17th. That's a hassle every year for almost all of us. It's too hard to figure out. You say, am I losing money? Am I cheating? Whatever. You want Deb Alderding and everybody at MidMichigan Tax to figure it out, not just this year, but for down the road, and you never have to worry about making it work for you again. The number at MidMichigan Tax to get an appointment, 694-9545. And don't forget Leading Edge Golf, the leading golf retailer in our area. A big season is here at Leading Edge Golf. Joe Perry's people say call us for anything 349-7274 six days a week 12 months a year everything for the new season is ready for you at leading edge golf across from okamas high school from the white law plc studios lensing sports leader the game 7 30 a.m we're live in the Driven Collision Studios here at WVFN Radio. The Driven Collision story of the day. We're in the heart of March Madness. 35 minutes from now, 12.06 p.m. It's Rutgers versus Michigan in the second day of the Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament in Chicago. By the time we get to 1 o'clock and sign off today, that probably will be at halftime. It's also a busy time in the State High School Basketball Tournament. The girls' regional finals tonight across Michigan. Tomorrow night, the boys' district championship games across the state of Michigan. We always appreciate it on Thursday for a few minutes we get caught up with Jeff Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. So I saw this morning that one of the girls' regional finals tonight involves Sault Ste. Marie playing a team from way down here in the Lower Peninsula, and in a burst of very good common sense, the site was changed. I think it's going to Houghton Lake, which is a lot more uh, accessible for, well, certainly for Sault Ste. Marie. When that happens, how many times do sites get changed just to accommodate geographically teams on the move during the week? I mean, not a ton, but obviously, if, if especially when the administrators from those schools are, are pretty active about it and, and, you know, make us aware kind of going in um, what's going on, we can do things a little bit more quickly. We can have people perhaps ready uh, to take on those changes, things like that. Um, you know, Sault Ste. Marie, well, the, this whole regional was kind of non-traditional, if you will. Um, Sue played its first game at Gaylord. Uh, Carmen Ainsworth played its first game at Flushing, um, which is, you know, the original host. And so, Sault Ste. Marie is a very good team. So it, it kind of makes sense that uh, 
we'd be having an eye out uh, on the potential for this. And, you know, it's, it's nice when things like this work out. That's going to be one of the best games in the state tonight, right. regardless of division. Uh, there are weather issues tonight. I don't know how much they impact driving tonight and so on and so forth. DeWitt and Holt are playing their girls' final in cold water. I don't know. What is it? An hour and 15 minutes, something like that, down I-69. Is it ever a consideration for a game like that to move that up here somewhere like Don Johnson Fieldhouse, or is cold water still within the realm of probability? Well, it's, it's you know, and I kind of thought you might ask about that one. And, and you know, it's not that easy necessarily to, to if the Houghton Lake example, Houghton Lake was available. Um, finding a place kind of on the fly, especially from a regional that had four pretty good teams and it was hard to know uh, who necessarily would advance. Um, you know, it, it just, in that situation, it, it doesn't necessarily work out. Plus you have... You don't necessarily want to take these games away. Um, you know, the, the Sault Ste. Marie is a little bit different. Sault Ste. Marie down to Flushing is, what, four hours, something like that, um, you know, compared to an hour. These the schools that volunteer to, to host for us put a lot of work into do so. And, and so you don't want to take away, you know, unless it's a really extreme case. Um, you know, that said, I don't know that there would have been a place between – you're not going to play that game at Holt, you're not going to play that game at DeWitt, and I don't know if they had anybody else that would have jumped in, you know, plus all the arrangements that have made, things like that. So, you know, in a case where you have a UP team coming down, you know, that's one thing. Um, something like this, I don't know that an hour is enough for us to make massive changes, um, you know, with less than 24 hours' notice. Do you have any other news items that I'm not aware of on either the girls' boys' side that have human interest uh, involved in them that uh, you can pass on that, uh, again, that I'm not aware of to ask in the first place? Well, I mean, you know, we're in the middle of the tournament, right, for both. And, and so there, there's little stories all over the place and, and, and you know, nothing that's going to jump out and, and, and go crazy. I saw one thing, which is kind of fun. Um, Fruitport over by Muskegon, they are playing in their district final. They could be playing for their first district championship since 1938, which, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of significant and, and pretty fun. Uh, we've had some teams win their first districts since uh, 1998, I saw, 1994, I saw, um, you know, stuff like that. So, so that's, you know, there's always stuff like that when we're in the middle of the basketball tournament. Um, honestly, my head is much more on the fact that we have hockey semifinals starting tonight, uh, and then we have swimming and gymnastics tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, those are kind of the next big thing, and we obviously just got done with, a, what, 1,100 wrestlers at Ford Field last weekend. Uh, we had our most four-time champions ever. Uh, we had four uh, seniors win their fourth championship, uh, and, and so... I, you, you can't go a day without something good going on, um, and, and we always have to talk about all of it. That Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central, who beat the Capital City Caps at Suburban Ice in the regional final in hockey Saturday, 6 nothing. Is that team good enough to win it all in Division One? I'm told they're pretty good. They're good, but I think Division One's the one division where, you know, we have our traditional powers there. Um, if you look at the 12 teams that are playing this weekend at USA Hockey Arena, Seven of them have never won. Uh, Houghton, who is, 
I think probably the sure favorite in Division Three hasn't won since '82. But you go to Division One and you have Detroit Catholic Central um, that's won two Division One titles in a row. Heartland, which was the Division Two champion last year, Brighton, who was the Division One runner-up last year. So I, I think Forest Hill Central would have some some pretty significant work uh, cut out for itself to to make a move. Yeah. Uh, uh, so And so hockey's coming up this weekend. And then next weekend for the girls, quarterfinals on Tuesday, semis Thursday and Friday. And for that reason, our show next Thursday and Friday bumps from 10 to 1 to 9 to noon because the first game, we're carrying them all on the network, the first games right. in the semifinals Thursday and Friday are at noon, correct? Yes. I believe, I believe it's 12 and 250 and... And so like is the Breslin Center pretty well locked in for for you know years to come, or does that still depend on whether Michigan State's women would ever get a first round host bid in the NCAA tournament? Well, I mean that that's always a consideration. Um, I think we've looked at the calendar enough years ahead to know when that's a possibility. I don't remember off the top of my head when the next time that would be. I want to say. I don't think it was next year, but maybe it was the year after um, where the calendars lined up. <coughs> Either way, we haven't talked about going anywhere else. Um, you know, Michigan State does a lot to make this work for us, and we love being at Michigan State, and our teams love being at Michigan State too. So, um, you know, if, if we do have things like that come up, we usually figure out a way to, to work them out. But that is not something we've had to talk about here in a little while. Right. And there are, are there any other state final events besides hockey this weekend, or are we pretty well done and now we move on to the basketball finals for the girls next weekend and the boys are two weeks out? Yep, we have swimming at three sites uh, for Lower Peninsula boys, and then we have gymnastics, uh, team, and individual. Uh, that will be Friday and Saturday at White Lake Lakeland High School. Okay, so so it's another, I mean, you know, March Madness at the high school level is not just basketball uh, whatsoever. Some of them are already done, like skiing. And the Upper Peninsula, they, they're they involved with the Lower Peninsula on most of this stuff, but not every state tournament is both peninsulas. The UP has its own finals in other sports, right? Yeah, it, it does. Uh, during the fall, cross country, during the track, uh, spring, I'm sorry, during the spring track is what I tried to say there. Um, during the winter, they're, they're involved, I think, everything but swimming and diving. Uh, they, they do their separately, and their girls go in the winter. Uh, but, you know, like I said, with hockey, they're sending Houghton down here. Houghton has played everybody in the state this season and, and defeated most of them. And, and so they, they always have a pretty good presence uh, in hockey. They usually have a pretty good presence in skiing. Uh, they had a couple champions. Iron Mountain had a two-time champion in, in wrestling. Um, so they, you know, you, you think about the fact, I never really realized this, only 3% of the state's population lives in the UP. I had no idea it was that small. Uh, you know, but that said, they, they make their way down here, and, and I am sure we will see somebody from the UP uh, at Breslin over the next few, next right. few weeks. All right, so there we go. And is Fox, is Bally Sports Detroit set up to carry all four of the girls' and boys' final games live, or are there going to be some diversion because of the Red Wings, Pistons, Tigers? Uh, I think one of them is on a bonus channel for the boys. Um, but, yeah, they're set up to do all of them live regardless. So okay. they, they will be somewhere on live TV and, and always online. And that includes the girls one week from uh, Saturday, correct? Correct. 
All right. We're there. There we go. So we're in the heart of it at all. Again, the girls' regional championship games are tonight. Channel 10 will have them all with Fred later on at 11.20. The scores and highlights, which you depend on, of course. Friday Night Frenzy coming up tomorrow night with all the boys' district championship games. And then next week, the girls' quarterfinals Tuesday, semifinals Thursday, Friday, and finals Saturday. And, and so next week, then, as has been the case, the boys' regionals next week are Monday and Wednesday. And then they get six days off till their quarterfinals, right? Correct, because the girls play their quarters on Tuesday, and we don't want to have the the tournaments kind of intercepting each other. So, uh, yeah, they, they'll play Monday and Wednesday, and then they'll take the weekend off. And, uh, hey, Brock, if, if I'm going to see you today, you might want to be careful picking against DeWitt tonight. Why is that? At my office. Well, I mean, my boss's daughters. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Mark will give me some grief at some point. I think Holt's you pretty. Know, t- I, I think I'll, I'll be. I, th- I think Janae Tyler is is playing that well in the tournament. I'm. I think it's going to be a close game. I but you, you, Tim asked me, and I'm picking Holt. Uh, which school will Which school will have the most fans here tonight? Holder to wet. That's tight. About that, I mean, and that's even in cold water. I think you'll have a good a good showing. Regardless. They'll have a good crowd. Yeah. All right. Very um, good. I'm. I'm more thinking about the Ovid LC Dansville game, which is where I'm going. Uh, yeah, that's where that's where I'm going, Jeff. They ha- because of a scoreboard malfunction, they had issues with the internet, and it's connected to the to the scoreboard in the new gym in Dansville. Well, they couldn't use it, so they had to go into the old high school gym, the middle school gym. Reminded me of Hoosiers. They played both regional semifinals there, and it was just wild. It reminded me of Hoosiers. But there are two games of note tonight, so I'll give you the winners. Dansville will beat Ovid Elsie. Holt will edge to Witt. And then tomorrow night, there are two terrific boys district finals in the area. Waverly will beat East Lansing. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, Holt Mason to me, because it's at Holt, Holt will win it at the buzzer over Mason. I root for all four to win. So that's so that'll so there. Mason, but now I think I'm on the Mason train. Well, Mason's got injuries, and I think in the, in the tournament, when you're starting to play better competition and Holt's coming on, I don't think it's no slouch that Holt came from 20 down last night to beat a good team like Okemos. If you can do that, no lead against Holt seems to be safe. They could have boys and girls teams still playing next week. Good. So, so we'll find out. We'll see. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Jeff. Say hi to everybody. We'll talk to you again uh, next. Uh, I got to talk to you. I'm out of town next Thursday, so we may call you on. Oh, no, wait. Fred's got you next Thursday. He already told me that. Yeah. You'll, you'll be talking to we'll Fred talk to next him. Thursday, and it's probably going to be earlier because uh, we'll be up, uh, butted up against the semifinal games. I will be here or somewhere. All right. Very good. Jeff Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. To break, we go and back we come. we got a busy hour number three. There's room for you to the top of the hour on the Culliga Water Hotline at 342-63. Our email address, tim.stout at wilx.com. Michigan and Rutgers kick off, or tip off, not kick off, tip off in 22 minutes, okay? In Chicago in the first of four games today in the men's Big Ten basketball tournament. And you are listening to the Sparrow Stout on Sports. Here's what's on tap today here on The Game, 7.30 a.m. WVFN. Coming up in the 12 o'clock hour, Jim Comperoni from SpartanMag.com with the Culligan MSU Recruiting Report at 1 ESPN Radio. Uh, then at 4, Offensive Minded with Beanie Howell. And at 6.35 tonight, Pistons Basketball. Uh, they're back in action tonight at home, taking on the Charlotte Hornets. That's what's on tap. The Game, 7.30 a.m. WVFN.
the iconic Coral Gables restaurant on Grand River Avenue in East Lansing, more than 90 years young, with so many loyal customers so pleased that Coral Gables has survived the pandemic and is bigger and better than ever. Catering, carry-out, employment opportunities, all of that at 337-1311. And the fish fries are spectacular on Friday night. When you've got some time to spare with friends and family, you know what the history's been like around that restaurant just east of the campus Grand River Avenue. You'll always enjoy Coral Gables Restaurant East Lansing. Hi, I'm Lucas Shaw with the DBI Office Outlet. Is working from home not working for you? It's time to ditch the kitchen chair. The Office Outlet is the only locally owned Laurel Diamond showroom in mid-Michigan. We offer a great selection of affordable new and used office furniture that you can try before you buy. With more than 2,400 Laurel products to choose from, we can help customize your space to meet your unique needs. All of our new products are backed by Laurel's warranty so you can rest assured your investment is protected. Laurel products offer high quality and design at a more affordable price. The office outlet is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Our showroom is located at 516 North Arch in downtown Lansing. Hey guys, if you need the gift, the gift you can find at Ozzy Jewelers just north of Frandor, Ozzy will have the gift you need to make any occasion special. You've heard about Ozzy, seen the commercials. Isn't it time you went into Ozzy and let them help you find something spectacular, all right? Ozzy has brought the best from around the globe right to our doorstep. Ozzy Jewelers, you'll love it. Ozzy Jewelers, the official jeweler of Stout on Sports, serving you at 332-7900. You'll love everything you get at Ozzy Jewelers. One of the most popular restaurants in our area for years continues that way. Woody's Oasis on Trowbridge Road in East Lansing. As the saying goes, eat at Woody's, live longer with a Mediterranean cuisine. And now the menu has some wonderful new items they're all excited about. Chicken kafta along with their Woody's burgers, gyros, fries, and a whole lot more. For all the information, the website woodysoasis.com or call 351-2280. Woody's Eat at Woody's, Trowbridge Road, East Lansing, and live longer. Dealing with backups or drains that are slow? Then you need GA Hunt Septic and Excavating fast. Now is the time to inspect, repair, or replace your water or sewer. services include everything from event development and tournament planning, locating the right partners and facilities, and even recruiting volunteers. They're dedicated to helping you host the best event possible in Michigan's capital region. In Greater Lansing, we all love the game. You can learn more at lansingsports.org. At our home, we wanted to update our deck earlier this year. We're told you want custom-built design and remodeling in Okemos, and we hit the jackpot, you can too. Now is the time to start designing your deck and outdoor living space and don't lose another summer by waiting to start your exterior project. Call 881-9871 or go online to custombuilt.com. They'll fully show you what they can do in a timely manner. What a great local company of Michael Flory. He's built to help you. Custom built design and remodeling in Okemos. Smoke and Pig Barbecue in the Elmwood Plaza in Lansing has a brand new sports bar that makes the inside, which all already look great just that much better you'll love watching all the games at any time of the year in the new bar at smoke and pig barbecue their smoke barbecue menu is packed full of all the smoky classics from pulled pork to ribs to spicy rib tips they also smoke lansing barbecue favorites such as beef and a whole lot more 582 5100 catering carry out of any size for great parties smoke and pig barbecue <laughs> 
Lake Lansing Road Mobile right across from the Eastwood Town Station, the town center, right? Eastwood Town Center, Lake Lansing Road Mobile. Oh, what a day for a touch-free car wash. Get that sold off the vehicle. Their service bays will work on your vehicle and make it like uh, new Monday through Friday. 484-2300, Lake Lansing Road Mobile. And remember, when you're hungry in the Eastwood Town Center, that one Culver Scott Berman owns right there by Walmart. When you order, always mention Stout on Sports, and your order goes down 10%. Best in sports talk now. We're Lansing's number one source for sports talk. The game, 7.30 a.m. We're live in the Driven Collision Studios here at WVFN Radio. Let's go back to the Culligan Water Hotline on such a busy day, busy week. Lansing Tom is up next on the Thursday Sparrow Stout on Sports. Morning, Tom. Hey, good morning, Tim and Brock. Again, thanks for taking my call. I was at Mason High School uh, watching a um, freshman team play uh, Mason, and quite a few people I talked to talked about the varsity, how this is maybe the best varsity team they've ever had. <clears throat> but, like you said a couple of times already, those two injuries are going to be huge for them to to overcome in the long run. But um, uh, if they, those two... the in fact, they're the two best players, I understand. Um, I was at the uh, Don Johnson uh, last night watching the Cougars uh, uh, win. And on that on that east wall there, Tim, there's a wrestling banner. Now, how things have changed. They put in the years of their eight state wrestling championships. Well, that's why it's called Don Johnson Fieldhouse, because Don yeah. Johnson was the wrestling coach at Eastern in its glory. And, yeah. and, uh, and the honor roll wrestling meet was a huge, huge deal, and they would, rest, they would b- wrestle that in front of a thou- couple thousand people. I mean, the late Don Johnson, I don't know how many halls of fame that he's in, and he would certainly go down as one of the more noteworthy coaches ever to come out of this area. No question and asked. Tim, Tim of, of the eight years they won the state titles six of them were in the 1950s that goes to your point that you you've been talking about uh what a what a tradition they once had yeah and uh, i think sex uh, was pretty much along along the way with that too and uh about how things have changed over decades you know in terms of sports and you know, programs disappearing a little bit and yeah, so forth. Certainly at the, thanks, Tom, certainly at the high school level. And, you know, Brock, it hasn't been that long since Carlton Valentine had Sexton's boys basketball team in three consecutive Division II state championship games, uh, what, winning ten, two ten, of the three. 10, 11, and 12, I Now believe. look at what's happened in the yeah. last 10 years for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, although, you know, in some cases, the similarities are, I just think in some cases, when the Lansing Public Schools had their greatest success in whatever sport, look at the caliber of coaches they had at the time. Even in spring sports like baseball at Lansing Everett, when Jake Boss Sr. was there, they won all the time. They won all the time. Uh, when Bob Campbell was the baseball coach at Lansing Sexton all those years. Now, we're talking a long time back. Yeah. We're talking a ways back. His son was Dave Campbell, who started at Sexton, then at Michigan, then went on to a major league career. And then ESPN. And toward that end, as he mentioned, Don Johnson and wrestling at Eastern High School. But, you know, I think a lot of these changes in sports and high school sports go 
you know, side by side with other changes in life, in communities, in schools, and so on and so forth. And perhaps... Well, population changes. And perhaps the issues that the area coaches have today are different in some ways than issues that some of these coaches who've had massive success years ago, you know, maybe they mirror that a little bit um, you know, in, in different ways. I mean, I could, uh, again, you know, from my era, the, the, the three city high schools were, were, were very good at almost everything. Now, in a couple of sports, they still are. But in a number of them, Brock, they've had to literally shut down the sport because they can't get enough people you know, to go out and to play. Well, they've had to consolidate, what, the, the, the swimming programs uh, between the three schools, city schools Well, now? the spring sports are still a huge issue oh, in, the, yeah, in the Lansing public schools. Softball and baseball, we've been over that before. Yeah, we've been over that. All you have to do Aren't is... Aren't they consolidating softball this year? I don't know how, uh, you know, year to year, I don't know how they, they wonder how all of this is, is going to work out. I do think the passage of the bond issue that is upgrading the Lansing schools in a variety of different ways can only help and, you know, and not hurt. Uh, but, you know, the thing goes on. Although that's Brock said, even though Everett was 2-20 and 20 and won its boys game in the district opener, the other night, Brock thinks Everett is a much better talented team on then the boys' and, side than 3-21. 3-21. Three and 21. Three and 21. Now what, what they, they So they play, uh, or they get knocked they out. They got knocked out by Mason, 62-56. Tom was talking about... So that about, was closer than a lot of people would have thought. Yes, and the injuries but to Cason Carswell, who's got a collarbone injury. Who's the football the, quarterback yep. who will be a junior in the fall yep. and, 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 and arguably might be the best high school football player in the area next fall, Returning. providing yep. that he's healthy. Yep, uh, they tell me they tell me that he'll he should be ready for off season conditioning with football and seven on seven later on this spring and summer. Uh, and Luke Marlin, probably their best player, one of their two best players anyway. He's out for the season with an ACL tear. He tweeted that out a week ago today. Um, he's I guess he's had surgery, but he's done for the year. Um, but he's a junior and he's got one more year to go. Uh, but that's going to hurt, uh, you know, against uh, against Holt. They had problems with Everett went to full court pressure and Mason had all kinds of problems uh, with it. Uh, Brock has a modest Pure Green Smith Tree breaking sports moment. One of the more noteworthy high school football players ever to come out of Lansing and perhaps overlooked by Michigan State was Taylor Moten, the lineman of Okemos, who has a long-term deal on the NFL, but it's getting restructured, so I'm told this morning, right? Yes. Uh, this morning, the Carolina Panthers converted nearly $10 million of Taylor Moten's 2023 salary plus a $6.6 million roster bonus into a signing bonus so the team can save $11 million on the 2023 cap. Uh, so they did that. This this restructuring, this happens with a lot of different guys in the uh, NFL. So there you go with that. The uh, Detroit Red Wings made a minor trade today. They sent former University of Michigan defenseman Steve Kampfer, who has been who was with the Grand Rapids Griffins for almost the entire season this year. They sent him to Arizona for quote future considerations, whatever the heck those are. At the Players' Championship, round one today in Pontevedra, Colin Morikawa has played 14 holes. He is six under par. Remember the guy called in yesterday and said, pick two for me? Who'd I give him? Morikawa. Yeah. Who uh, is C. Ramey? He's six under par through 13. I Who is T. Pendrith? He's five Taylor under. Pendrith. Uh, he's five under through 17. M. Lee and D. McCarthy are both four under par. Come on, where? Denny McCarthy. Where's, where's Jack? Where's Tiger? Where's Arnie? Well, you stop. Well, it. Tiger's going to be in court fighting off the latest challenge in his private life, so he's yeah. not there. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, well, where, where's Phil? 
I mean, where, where's... He's not eligible. Well, well where's uh, Bryson? Where's Brooks? Where are these guys? They're Who, on the LIV Why tour. do we have Ramey, Pendrick, Lee, and McCarthy and at the... Now, Morikawa just went to seven under 15. What is this, a pitch-and-putt course? Yeah, are they playing Olsen's par three in Jacksonville, or is this the TPC massive course at Sawgrass? Yeah, uh, I don't know what to tell you guys. Former Michigan State linebacker Joe Bocci has resigned a one-year deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. I mean, we, like I say, when we get it, you get it. Now, we got a couple of guests coming up in our number three as we roll on here. It is a beautiful Thursday here in the greater Lansing area. Join us on the Culling Water Hotline at 342-63. We're seven minutes, 40 seconds away from tip-off in Chicago, Michigan, and Rutgers, and we'll keep you up to speed on all that as we roll on. Our, uh, year number 31 is underway on the Thursday Sparrow Stone on Sports. We're with Julie Young from Simplified Tax with this tax tip. If you're taking college courses or have dependents who are enrolled, what type of tax benefits are available? The Michigan News Network. I'm Beth. 7.30 a.m. Welcome to the Sparrow Stout on Sports on Lansing Sports Station. The game, 7.30 a.m. Starring the Dean of Mid-Michigan Sports, Tim Stout. Give him a call on the Culligan Water Hotline at 517-300-4263. Now, celebrating his 30th anniversary on the radio in Mid-Michigan, here's the Dean himself, Tim Stout. Hour number three this morning brought to you by Capital Region International Airport. As we like to say, whenever you can do it. Fly Lansing first of LOAir.com. A-V-E-L-O-Air.com. That gets you all the information on the discount non-stops Lansing Orlando. Apple Vacations. You heard a guy calling yesterday. Oh, did he love his Apple Vacation non-stop to the Caribbean and back. Whenever you can do it, fly Lansing first. Culligan MSU Recruiting Report is up and ready to rumble. We always appreciate when we get a few minutes of Jim Comproni of SpartMag.com and his uh, time because we think uh, when you go to On3.com and find SpartMag.com uh, you've got the best. Uh, we always want the best, at least in the experts. Maybe not from Brock and yours truly, but the, among the best, Jim, is there, and he's on the other end of my line. Morning, Jim. Tim, it's great to be with you. Uh, congratulations on beginning year number 31 must out on sports. Yeah, I think it's been a part of my afternoon and late morning for years and years and years, and uh, I don't know what I would do without it. So thank you for what you do for the community. Well, I don't think you probably learned a whole lot. We learned more from you. Oh, yeah. I always say Comp knows this stuff, so on and so forth. Let me start with football. Why was it so clandestine without some kind of way in advance formal announcement on the start of spring football, which we find from the media, begins Tuesday, next week, Pro Day, Wednesday, and I guess, what, April 15th on that Saturday, sometime, some way, somehow, is the wind-up to spring practice other than a game, as I like to call it, in the stadium. What do you know about all that? Yeah, I... I called, uh, you know, over to the MSU people to get some idea of what, when it would start, just for planning purposes. And the date was pretty much set um, for, you know, more than a couple of weeks. I don't think they were keeping it quiet or anything. It was just they just, uh, I don't know if it's a case where they didn't get around to announcing it or for some reason they wanted to delay it um, or d delay the announcement. I'm, I'm not really sure, but it's been, it's been scheduled for a long time. And uh, what, Pro Day is next Wednesday, and I understand 15 Michigan State players will do what they do in front of the NFL scouts. Is that the number you hear? I think 14, and I've got a story on that, SpartanMag.com today taking the angle that it's interesting that of the 14 that are scheduled to participate, I think 11 came to Michigan. Oh, I'm sorry, only three of the 14, three of the 14 
came to Michigan State the traditional route as scholarship freshmen out of high school. 11 of the 14 were transfers or walk-ons. 11 out of 14 did not sign coming out of high school. What do you make of that? Well, you know, when Mel Tucker took over, he looked at the roster and thought he needed to, uh, you know, make some changes because there's a certain way that he wants the players to, uh, you know, certain capabilities and so forth. So a lot of the players were encouraged to go to the transfer portal and some went on their own, but he just wanted to change the look. I think there was a feeling that they needed to upgrade their size and athleticism. So they went to the portal and in some ways, they succeeded. In other ways, they just kind of made some discards, and then the people that got out of the discard pile weren't, in my opinion, a lot a lot more capable than the ones that they had discarded. The obvious exception was Kenneth Walker the third. Now, the, you know, the, some of the people that will participate in Pro Day, I don't see them getting drafted. When we're talking about some of these transfers, like Jarek Broussard, who came here from Colorado, Amir Speed from Georgia, Daniel Barker from Illinois, Ronald Williams from Alabama, Ben Van Subaru from Michigan, Kendall Brooks from, uh, I think, North Greenville University, Brian Green from Washington State. Um, you know, Jarrett Horace from Arkansas State was drafted high by the USFL. But, you know, these are transfers that came to Michigan State, but uh, I'm not – you know, in, in most of those cases, I'm not sure their previous school worked real hard to keep to, to hold on to them. That's what happens when you get transfers from Georgia and Alabama and Florida. Now, somebody like Jarek Broussard wanted to come here and be the next Kenneth Walker, but ended up being really third string by the end of the season. So those are the ones. So the, the rest of that study is to look, you know, I, I wrote the article and looked into the Michigan State 2018 and 2019 recruiting classes. It's those recruiting classes that should be producing pro day players in 2023. And, you know, as, as stated, a lot of them transferred out. Ladarius Jefferson to Western Michigan, Kalen Gervin to Kansas, Jacob Isaiah to Fresno State, Elijah Collins just this year to Oklahoma State, James Ohanba to, Louis, to Louisiana, Chase Klein to Eastern Michigan, Parks Kissinger to Furman, Dimitri Douglas to Eastern Michigan, the list goes on. So we've got it broken down where all those player, where the players from those recruiting classes ended up. Now those were Mark D'Antonio's last two recruiting classes. So um, different cooks, different chefs, like different ingredients. Could these players have developed into something if D'Antonio and his staff had stayed? You know, they had success with three-star top talent for a long time. Uh, I'm not really sure. I, I do think that recruiting dipped a little bit in the last couple of years. Um, D'Antonio and Mike Tressel could have, uh, I'm sure, turned some of those guys into players. But when Tucker and his staff came here, they weren't the type of players that they wanted, so they went out and looked for others. And now we're seeing that with Pro Day 14. You know, 11 of the 14 did not come here as scholarship high school recruits. All right. On the Internet this week, all this hubbub and all this yak back and forth about, I guess, uh, this, what, uh, a, a receiver from River Rouge High School, the class of 2024, who knows, or will all be in 2024, and whether he will or will not eventually sign with Michigan State. What's the story, and why is this all a big deal now? Yeah, Nicholas Marsh, a wide receiver from River Rouge, um, 6'3", 200, good size, good frame, good athleticism, all those things. He's the first... Michigan State, the first wide receiver that I'm aware of um, that Michigan State ever offered a scholarship to as a ninth grader. Now, I know that recruiting is expedited these days, but you may remember he had a huge day against DeWitt. I think it was DeWitt in state championship game. Brock would probably know back in, I think, 2021, had a huge game. And shortly thereafter, Michigan State offered the scholarship. They got in on him early. 
he liked them, they liked him, and Michigan State was the perceived leader at this time last year. And I was at the camp in Big Rapids last June. He had not committed yet, and Michigan and Michigan State were really giving him a lot of attention, as much as you can legally in a setting like that. And then about three weeks later, he committed to Michigan State. He's a national top 100 player, probably the number one or two player in the state. So a, a very good prospect. Very good young man, too. Uh, mature, intelligent, um, principled uh, type of guy that Michigan or Michigan State or others would want in their program. So it commits to Michigan State. That was a big deal. He's a big name in state. So he would help recruit in state and in other areas. And uh, he has interest in visiting other schools. And to his principles, he did not want to visit other schools while he was committed to Michigan State. His mother I mean, has put out on social media that she you know, wants him to remain with Michigan State sign with Michigan State someday, but but uh, she's supporting him and, and looking through these things. His head coach put out a tweet saying that uh, he's a mature young man and he asks that uh, people give him space and some time and that, that type of thing. And you would hope that be that would be the case. A 17-year-old high school senior that wants to look at other schools, you would hope that there's not a lot of rogue fans out there giving him grief for it. But in my opinion, he's a good prospect and a good kid and a, a player that any program would want to have. So now the recruiting starts. You know, you'll have Michigan in there, you'll have Alabama, you'll have some others. That's still getting situated. Oklahoma, I think. So, a really good prospect, top 100. You know, I wouldn't put him in that classification of, of uh, you know, a top 10 Charles Rogers type. Um, but, um, uh, you know, but maybe he is. Maybe he will develop into that. But, but very good prospect. He's at a position, wide receiver, where you can go out and find other quality prospects at that position at six foot three with his ability to high point it, you know, gives him a little extra edge of being special. So Michigan state's going to continue to recruit him. He's he's still a high priority. I'll say this long answer. Usually when a recruit commits to your school and he decommits, the chances of you getting him on the rebound and holding on to him usually are very, very slim. We saw that last year with Kedrick Riscano. He was a running back from Texas. Michigan state had a commitment from him. He decommitted, looked elsewhere, Michigan state, went back after him pretty hard, got him to visit again, and actually came down and came in second to Ole Miss. So Michigan State almost got that one on the rebound, but it's generally hard to do. So in your opinion, what might be the number one storyline at spring practice at Michigan State this year? You know, Mel Tucker has indicated that the quarterback competition is indeed going to be a competition. So that is the storyline behind the scenes. If you were to go into the coaching rooms, and see what they're talking about. I suspect that would be it. They like Peyton Thorne, but is there a chance that, that Noah Kim or Kaden Hauser are better than he is, similar to Michigan's situation at quarterback last year? Now, in the media, they'll probably say it's a competition. Every position's a competition, and they'll probably you know water it down that way. We won't know if one of the quarterbacks has moved ahead, and the quarterbacks probably won't know if one of them has moved ahead over there in their war room. We may not know until, you know, the, the, the opening game in September. I suspect Peyton Thorne's still going to be a starter, but it is legitimately a competition, and the competition begins in spring practice. From there, uh, the kid Blackstock, he's a, an, a junior college uh, transfer offensive tackle. Does he have a chance to come in and compete right away at one of the offensive tackle positions? That remains to be seen. Sometimes junior college kids need a little bit of time, but that's an interesting one to keep an eye on uh, as well in terms of a new player coming in. You know, the running back situation 
with Eli Collins moving on. You got uh, you know Jalen Berger coming back. I thought Berger improved as the season went along, and um, you got Jaron Mangum transferring in from South Florida, a guy that played at Colorado back during the single season that Mel Tucker was there. I think running back is interesting. Uh, they need some new guys at tight end. They've got a list of candidates there. Who's going to emerge as the number two tight end behind Malik Carr is interesting. There, there's storylines all over uh, the field as there are every spring. Those are some off the top of my head. Okay. You know, to me, say, Adelaide is a transfer defensive tackle from Texas A&M. Now, this guy was like a borderline like five-star. He was a five-star recruit in, by some services. Committed to Ohio State. Decommitted, signed with A&M. Redshirted for a year and then played last year for about two games, went down with an injury, and then entered the portal. Really surprised A&M when he entered the portal. Came to Michigan State partly because, you know, Brandon Jordan was here. Brandon Jordan's not here anymore, but to Misi Adelaide, he was a big-timer three years ago. He's only played two college games. Uh, actually, they bring him as, as, a, as a big-body defensive end who can move into defensive tackle. Where does he fit in? What does he look like? We'll try to find that out this spring. All right, my one basketball question would be, the chant went up on senior day, one more year, one more year. And I assume that that's mostly for both uh, Tyson Walker and Malik uh, Hall, uh, because Hauser says likely he's not coming back, and I believe him, and so on and so forth. What do you make about the seniors who were introduced who... I mean, is there a shot any of those guys of note might come back, or do you think that was all, you know, they appreciated it, but they're all going to move on, or who will move on and who might come back in your mind? I think they're listening to Tom Izzo on this. I think Izzo says, hey, let's play the season, let's focus on this. We will talk about those things when the time comes. In the meantime, don't try to improve your draft stock while you do by scoring points. You might be able to improve it by winning. So let's talk about that at the end. And you know, after the season's over, and, I, and that's what the players are, have said, and I genuinely think that that's what they're planning to do is, is make those decisions after the season. The difference these days is after the season, then you can start talking name, image, and likeness, and then you can see where, you might, where your draft stock might be. And I don't see either one of those guys as being draftable players right now. I think they're both G League or overseas players. Well, you can make more money in the NIL than you can overseas or in the G League. And I think that is going to be presented to them after the season. And I think there's a pretty good chance. I think there's a good chance at least one of them will be back. Um, Malik Hall, I, I, think, uh, I think it makes sense for him to come back. I think he'd like to come back. I think he still enjoys college. A lot of times guys leave because they're just done going to class. You know, they, they just want to get out there and, and uh, see what they can do with that. You know, Nick, Nick Ward, Marcus Bingham were probably in that category. Malik Hall planned to have a really good season this year. It was upended by injury on two occasions, a recurring injury. So it wasn't the season he expected to have as an individual player. He's still trying to work, he said in practice two days ago, to figure in where his abilities and talents can fit into the current playing group because the playing group had kind of formed their own chemistry without him for a number of games. So that's still a work in progress. He's a role player. He's not started. So I think that he believes that he can – you know, this year I talked to him – in the summer and he, he he's very self-aware he knew he wanted to be he, he knows he's aware that in previous years he's been quite inconsistent and he said in august he wanted to show they could be a consistent player he's not done that this year because of injuries he believes he can still be better than he's shown so if you have a chance to make some pretty good maybe really good name image and likeness money to come back and prove what you can do with one more season 
and you know go for some more championships and so forth. It kind of it, it makes it from from the outside looking in, it would make sense for him to come back, and it might make sense for Tyson Walker as well. Well, you can find all this and more at on3.com. That's where SpartanMag.com is heralded these days. And we always appreciate Comp giving us his best on our Culligan MSU recruiting report. Jimmy, have a great uh, week, great weekend, and we'll visit again next week like we always do on Thursday. And thanks for your time. Sounds great, Tim. Thanks a lot. And congratulations again. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Jimmy. Jimmy's been a big part of it. I mean, he's our MSU insider, and we think there isn't anybody in his league. And that's why we always appreciate Culligan hooking up with him and giving us our Culligan MSU recruiting report. As we go to break, there's 1040 left in the first half in the Big Ten uh, tournament game today. First of four in Chicago. Michigan 13, Rutgers 7. Wolverines got out to a 7 to nothing lead. It's 13-7. to 7. Michigan has never trailed. On we go. We'll keep you up to speed on that. The Players' Championship Colin Morikawa is off to a great start. 15 holes, he's 7 under par. He's got a couple other guys with him. But the scores are low in the round one of the uh, Players' Championship. Michigan State's Ryan Brem plays at 107 this afternoon. Then he'll play tomorrow morning. More in a moment. We've got Big Ten hockey as part of our discussion as we move on on this first day of Season 31 of the Sparrow Stout on Sports. Welcome back to the Harrison Roadhouse and the Nuthouse, two dining staples in Greater Lansing, both on Michigan Avenue. Go enjoy the Harrison Roadhouse for any Michigan State event coming up. You'll love the Harrison Roadhouse. Been around for years. Dewey Bramson's turned that place into a monster sensation, right? Just like he's done it with the Nuthouse downtown right across the ballpark in the Lansing Center. Beggar's Banquet is there for you as well. Great places for dining fun for everyone. The Roadhouse, the Nuthouse, and Beggar's Banquet for you seven days a week. The prestigious Abood Law Firm has offices in East Lansing and Birmingham and has been around since 1956. 332-5900 Abbott and Saginaw and East Lansing. Abood Law understands it's essential to get an attorney involved in your legal issues as early as possible. If you're dealing with legal problems contact Andrew Abood and his great staff at Abood Law in East Lansing immediately and you'll get the help that you need and can depend on. Abood Law, we heartily endorse Andrew Buda Bood Law 332-5900. One of Michigan's big supporters is Shoepan and Sons Recyclers, located out of Kalamazoo, but a presence all over the state in the Midwest. Founded in 1968 by the family, Mark Shoepan is the head these days, Tom Emmerich at his side, and recycling to make the state a better place is the aim. Google Shoepan for all of the locations and opportunities to recycle and make our state cleaner. Good employment opportunities as well. From a six-person scrap metal recycler now with over 500 skilled employees. Way to go, Shoepan and Sons. 2023 promises to be a wonderful year for Candy Ford in Charlotte, serving all the mid-Michigan area for years. John Dykstra says it's worth the drive to Lansing Road in Charlotte to visit Candy Ford. You'll find a new or used Ford car, truck, van, or SUV serving drivers for a number of years. You can shop online, okay? Go to candyford.net or go on in the showroom anytime soon. Six days a week, all year long. 2023, a big year. You enjoy Candy Ford in Charlotte. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it? McIntosh & Associates want to help you earn the money 
that matches inflation when you call 877-222-8849. Maintain purchasing power. It's important to a sound retirement plan. MarketLink returns without the risk is the specialty at McIntosh & Associates. The bank is not the best place to save money. You got options and learn how to safely double your returns over the bank CDs. McIntosh & Associates. Again, the magic number 877-222-8849. We love to endorse Duff Schroeder and his company Schroeder Homes on Dobie Road in Okemos. Everything they do at Schroeder Homes revolves around helping you make highly informed home buying choices so that you're totally satisfied. Google and check the reviews on Schroeder Homes with three communities in the Lansing area for you to build your dream home. Call for an appointment at 349-0560. The most dependable and reliable home builder in mid-Michigan we believe continues to be Schroeder Homes. You go see for yourself. Here's a question. Have you ever considered being a school bus driver or attending on a bus to help students? Well, now is the perfect time. Working for Dean Transportation contributes to the success of our schools and community. Dean Transportation is looking for caring, upbeat, and professional people to join our family business. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling, and a sign-on bonus, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. Go to DeanJobs.com to apply and learn more. No experience needed. Apply now and start your paid training. Head to DeanJobs.com. That's D-E-A-N-J-O-B-S dot com. You always have a great time at Scott Berman's One North Kitchen and Bar, 5001 West Saginaw, Lansing. It's in the old Reno's West location. Dine-in or curbside service, all the info at onenorthdining.com. Or call 901-5001 for any special event. Open 11 to 11 and then till midnight on Friday and Saturday. A casual and entertainment-based environment where your gathering will have a great time every time. That's One North on West Saginaw in West Lansing. John and Jan Munn are realtors who get results. Nobody else can do what they do that we've seen. Maybe you have, we haven't. We think they're the superstars in real estate in the area. Can you get can they can they work for you? John's cell phone 881-6623. Jan's at 282-6781. And all the stats that you hear on the Sparrow Stout on Sports, Quality Dairy. We've been partnering with Quality Dairy for a long time, and they've partnered with the community for more than 80 years. In this Lenten season, remember all of their fresh goods in the bakery for you, especially at this time of the year. Reliability seven days a week. And again, all the stats here are not, they're not just sports stats. Those are quality dairy stats here on the Sparrow Stout on Sports. From the White Law PLLC Studios, Lansing's only sports station, The Game, 7.30 a.m. We're live in the Driven Collision Studios here at WVFN Radio. 8.47 to go first half in Chicago. Michigan 13, Rutgers 11. We'll keep you up to speed on that. The Big Ten Hockey Semifinals begin at 6.30 on the Big Ten Network Saturday night. Ohio State at Michigan. Michigan State at Minnesota. Two winners play at the highest seeded team the following Saturday night for the Big Ten Tournament title and then Selection Sunday a week from Sunday for the NCAA 16-team hockey tournament. Our college insider Dave Ellis is on the other end of our line. Morning, Dave. 
I'm trying to remember where I was 30 years ago, and I think I might have been prepping to do an Iron Mountain boys basketball playoff game in Harbor Springs the day you started the show. Really? So I wasn't even into Lansing yet in television. It took me another year before to get back here. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. Well, at any rate, welcome aboard. Thank you for all of her, your involvement with us through all the years in a variety of ways. It's well appreciated. Let me start first with Wisconsin. The hockey coach, which you predicted, Tony Granato, who's a favorite son there, and had success there, but they were seventh. I thought they'd give Michigan all they want. They gave Michigan all they won, wanted in two games, but they're out, and Michigan moves on. What? What do you make of them moving forward? And I said to Brock, you know, this AD at Wisconsin, last fall he fired the football coach five games into the season and got fickle, who hasn't, hasn't you know, had a game yet. Then he fired the hockey coach yesterday, and the basketball team for Wisconsin is really struggling, got wiped out yesterday. Greg Gard, I don't know, would uh, he be a little bit on pins and needles just like the hockey coach? Where are we with everything at Wisconsin in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, he's a swing for the fences kind of guy, and he got fickle for sure. Well, there are names out there right now for sure that are getting bandied about. Everyone knows that Mike Hastings is still a successful guy at Minnesota State, so he'll be on the list of uh, of guys they're going after. The one that starts popping up a little bit more now is Dan Muse, who took over for Adam Nightingale as the head coach of the under-18s down at the National Development Program. He's getting a little traction right now. The uh, the odds-on favorite for most of the people I've talked to in Madison right now is that they want to go get Steve Rollick, the head coach at Ohio State, because he's a Badger alum, had some success, and uh, the way that the AD presented it, we want someone with Division One head coaching experience. That rules out a couple other people that would have normally been high on the list. So Rollick right now would fit all of the categories that the AD was talking about in the uh, press conference where they dismissed Granado. But I think he would be a fool if uh, if he didn't walk down the hallway and at least ask Mark Johnson, who's the head coach of the women's team and has done marvelous things with the Badgers team, maybe you want to coach the men's team where you played, you got your number retired, your dad was the head coach. Could be a new challenge for you. I mean, the guy's right. He's on the payroll already. You don't have to get him through HR. You just move him in across the hall, and maybe that's the uh, thing they can revitalize their program. I, I, w- I would certainly at least ask the question at this point. And Michigan has coaching issues in hockey to deal with only because the current coach is an interim coach. Where's all that headed? Uh, they're going to wait to do anything until the end of the season. I, I don't think you're going to hear much while the uh, season's still in progress. Uh, well, they're, I think they're mildly happy with where they are. They thought they had a team that could compete for the Big Ten and got uh, you know, lapped, but you know Minnesota lapped the field, not just Michigan. So well, that one's off the books. But remember, they came back and won the playoff title last year. So well, it's still a team with a lot to play for right now. They have some penalty issues that they're still trying to work through. And remember, they lost the season series to Ohio State with two wins, uh, a loss, and a tie for the Buckeyes. So it's no fait accompli that they're going to just waltz through the semifinal and end up playing in a championship game. So they got a lot of work to do on Saturday night. So I picked uh, State to beat Notre Dame, and I picked State to Notre Dame after they lost one to nothing Friday night. In fact, I was even more sure they were going to win the series because the only way to me Notre Dame can win those games is if they win one to nothing, which they couldn't do. That said, how surprised would you be if Michigan State beat Minnesota Saturday night? It would be more than a mild surprise, for sure. But I did some talking with uh, a guy who covers the Gophers a lot, and he kind of confirmed what I thought. 
Minnesota has not been good coming off of a bye week. They have not played well their first game after taking a week off. So clearly, since it's a one-game knockout right now, you don't have time to just, well, we'll get in gear sometime later in the period. So uh, if I were the, the, uh, the, the little bird in Adam Nightingale's ear right now, I would be going up to Minnesota saying, we have to go out and attack these guys not sit everyone who sits back minnesota will skate all over you they'll find ways around they're just like the russian team used to be back in the late 70s you've got to go out and attack them and keep them off the puck and the way to do that early tim is to double shift your best lines do it while they're fresh get your best players out there and really push early and get the lead and maybe start making them think well you know what we're gonna have to panic a little bit well, Minnesota hasn't been great coming from behind in a couple times this year, so you're always going to be better if you're Michigan State if you're playing with the lead rather than trying to come from behind. So try to go out there and get something early. And, you know, Justin Close has been a decent goaltender, but I don't think he's got the side-to-side mobility that a lot of the other goalies do in the Big Ten. So get him moving a little bit. And the same old hockey adages, get pucks deep, get pucks to the net, get traffic in front, and who knows what happens. Uh, is it a foregone conclusion that if Michigan State beats Minnesota, regardless of what would happen in the tournament final, State's in the NCAA tournament, or would that still be up for grabs? And if State loses to Minnesota with a 500-season record at 18-18-2, and it won't make it? No, it, it, if, if they lose, they're out. They cannot make it with a with a sub five hundred record. That's one of the new rules in the NCAA. Well, they be, they would be, uh, but well, then they. Right. So you're saying they could beat Minnesota, but lose the Big Ten title game and have a losing record, and that would knock them out right there before anybody considers anything. Is that fair to say? No, I, th- I think they would end up as a 500 team that way because they're 500 right now, and that would be one win, one loss. Oh yeah, so okay, was, so you're saying they got to win the whole thing to get in? Is that what I'm hearing? There is a way for them to get in by winning the semifinal only because they're going to get a boatload of bonus points for winning both a road game and against the number one team in the pairwise. It'll depend on other results for sure. They can put themselves in the conversation with a win. Clearly a loss, the season's over. But if you win just that game, that might be enough because of the way the RPI is packed up in that part of the uh, of the pairwise right now. It could flip a couple of those comparisons if you get the right results in some other conferences. But you got to win Friday or Saturday night to even make that an argument. Is is am I correct? Is it Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan this weekend, and the winner gets an automatic NCAA tournament bid? Where's all that? That one is only a semifinal. I'm actually heading up on Friday, and I'll be calling that game on TV in the UP. It will be a humdinger, too, because Michigan Tech just got their goaltender named to uh, one of the three uh, Richter Award finalists today, which is big news for them. But Northern Michigan might just be the hottest team not only in Michigan, but maybe even in college hockey. They've won eight of their last nine. Their last six games, they've scored a total of 34 goals. So they have turned it on at the right point of the season, and the, the barn is sold out. It's going to be crazy. The other semifinal is Mankato hosting Ferris State, and Ferris State already swept there once this year. So if Ferris were to win that game, whoever wins the battle in the UP would host the CCHA championship game the next week. So there's a lot to play for in that league, too. Michigan Tech is in the tournament for sure. 100%. Mankato has work to do, and Ferris or Northern Michigan would have to win it all to be able to get a bit. And Western Michigan, does it have work to do, or is Western Michigan in? 
Western is in. Uh, they are fighting right now if they can make a deep run in the uh, in the Nacho playoffs. That they still think they can get up to the uh, to the one seed line. So that's pretty much what they're playing for. If they don't end up doing that well, they could fall as low as a three. I would expect they would be a two right now because I think they're relatively safe around seven. But you no, know, they could still slip down to a nine and end up falling down under that uh, number two seed cut line. So they're definitely in. And uh, the Broncos still have a lot to play for right now because I think the Nacho is wide open in the playoffs. I thought that if Penn State, and by the way, Penn State's automatically in. Brock says, well, they're an eight in the pairwise. If that's true, I mean, and I'm not, I don't think Penn State's any better than Michigan State, but is Penn State automatically in despite the fact they just got knocked out of the Big Ten tournament? They're in. They, they have no way of dropping out of there. Their non-conference record uh, was good enough that it puts them in, and their opponent's opponent's record, which is a big component of how you determine the RPI, it, nobody can touch them. They're going to sit and probably end up being a two, and they also are a host school, so they will be playing in Allentown, Pennsylvania in the NCAA tournament. 100% they're in. Okay. Uh, which surprises me a bit, but they are. So who should I pick to win the Ohio State-Michigan game in Ann Arbor Saturday night? Uh... Um, you know what? I'm going to say Ohio State because I think they're hotter. I, I think they got a little confidence by beating Michigan late in the season. They know they can win in Ann Arbor, and I think Michigan's power play or their their penalty kill right now is suffering a little bit, and they just take too many penalties. So if you're going to give Ohio State chances on the power play, they're going to find ways to beat you, and I think special teams will go in the Buckeyes' favor. So I would say Ohio State wins the game in a tight one, let's say 4-3. Is there any way Brandon Dorado does not return next season as Michigan's hockey coach? Sure, definitely. I mean, he could get another offer someplace else and maybe decide he wants to go. He's been in the NHL before and you know, has that taste, and you know, maybe there's a different offer that comes along. But I'm sure right now, after this year, he would covet that job. And you know, if, he, if he doesn't do anything wrong the rest of the way, he certainly put himself in the conversation. Ward uh, Manuel's got other things to worry about other than hockey, so he'd like the easy way out, take the, the shortest path with the least resistance, and that would be the easy way to do it. So, yeah, I, I think there's uh, every chance in the world that he's in that seat next year. And of the nine Michigan State seniors who were introduced on senior night, any chance any of them could come back or for the most part are most of them long gone? You know what? I haven't really checked. Nobody signed any pro deals yet, obviously, because they're still playing. We would know probably the first week after the uh, their exit from the from the season this year when that's going to be we still don't know so uh, that there are a couple I'm sure that that could come back it's a big recruiting class next year so there are going to be a lot of bodies in there and we're still kind of working through that extra COVID year bubble but uh, th- there are a couple that I'm sure oh, you'd be happy to have back and and keep them in the program keep some continuity for a team that really had some great growth this season all right we'll make the assignment now if you can do it anytime next Wednesday let's check in together for championship games and then selection Sunday then would be the following Sunday a week from this Sunday. Anytime next Wednesday, let's get caught up and I appreciate your time this morning. Drive safely and have a great time this weekend in the UP. I got to tell you, Tim, one last thing. Uh, we used to listen to your show with uh, a sports director who will not be named in our office just to kind of hear all right, what's he, what's he talking about today? What's he going to run tonight? And there were more than a few times that our lineup for the uh, sportscast at 6 o'clock at Channel 6 was partly determined by what you were doing at noon on the radio that day. So that's kind of the, the memory I have of the early days of the show. <laughs> 
Boy, were you guys desperate. <laughs> hey, information was gold then, and you just, you know, you put it out there for us, and we could listen. All right, good. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Everybody's got memories, and they're all funnier and heck, for the most part, are bizarre to say the same. But at any rate, appreciate your time as usual and your expertise this morning. Have fun. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, guys. All right, there you go. Uh, Dave, he's our hockey insider. Our co- nobody knows the college so, hockey. I mean, he's got it all. So State's got to win to have any chance at all. Losing well, I mean, done. you knew that. I mean, we pretty much figured I that mean, out. You know, when you look yeah. at this so-called pairwise thing. Because they're 16th right now. If they lose, then they'll obviously fall and not gain any more points. But so, you know, at the moment, they're, what, 18, 17, and 2. So a loss, like he says, then they're 500. But if they win and then lose the Big Ten tournament, if you win the Big Ten tournament, you're on a Automatically in. That's yep. not an issue. But if you win and then lose, you finish nine. Uh, you know, you would finish eighteen, eighteen and two. Yes. If they win and lose the Big Ten title game, they're nineteen, eighteen and two. So then, I guess it wait gets a see. little bit dicey, yep. and we'd have to wait and see. One final timeout. You can join us on the Collega Water Hotline. We'll get you all caught up on the Big Ten tournament game. Michigan and Rutgers are nearing halftime. Michigan's up a couple of points. The Players' Championship, uh, Colin Morikawa has the par three island hole in the 18th uh, hole, a tough par four to play, but he's seven under par, and he's leading. But there are a lot of guys left to play today. That and more when we return on the Thursday Sparrow Stout on Sports. Here's what's on tap today here on the game, 7.30 a.m. WVFN. Coming up in less than 20 minutes, it's ESPN Radio. Then at 4, Offensive Minded with Beanie Howe. And at 6.35, Pistons basketball tonight. Pistons hosting the Charlotte Hornets. That's what's on tap. The game, 7.30 a.m. WVFN. Young or old, okay, male or female, you got some pains, you got aches, Peak Performance Physical Therapy is where you ought to start first. And they've got locations now in DeWitt, Mason, Westshire Drive in Lansing, and also Grand River Avenue in Okemos. 853-6800 is the number. Before you go through all those doctors and any of those surgeries, let their people take good care of you if they've done for so many people in the area. And hey, if you mention Stout on Sports when scheduling your evaluation, you receive a free gift when you come Come in for your first appointment. Peak Performance Physical Therapy. Our friend Val Orlando has done so well with City Limits in Mason, right? Well, he also has an all-state insurance agency that you hear us talk about uh, all the time. He has a new location now with same great service. Stop in and say hello. The new all-state office next to the Secretary of State's office on Cedar Street and College Road, just off 127. Call for information on all-state insurance options at Val Orlando's agency at 969 969- 5300. That's 969 5300. Valor Landers Allstate Insurance. In these uncertain times, two things are critical keeping costs down and your ability to communicate. The Antenna Men can install a new TV antenna and save you money by cutting the cord with cable and satellite. And Cell Signal Pros can install a cell booster to improve your in home communications for increased cellular usage. Call the Antenna Men and Cell Signal Pros seven days a week. Watch TV for free with the Antenna Man. The Antenna Man. The WVFN High School Basketball Player of the Week is brought to you by Wayne Lacey and Shamak Mortgage, by Doubting Industries, and by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. This week's winner is Caleb. Golfers everywhere have always known the Emerald on 127 North of St. John's as one of the great public courses in the middle of Michigan for people to play. 
Well, the Emerald was named the Michigan Public Golf Course of the Year in 2022 by the Golf Course Owners Association. And to me, it's no surprise Jay and Katie Eckleton run a first-class operation. Have you played the Emerald yet? Make your plans for 2023. Jay and Katie will take care of you for any special event you want. The Emerald, great golf for everyone in 2023. This hour is sponsored by Capital Region International Airport. As we like to say, whenever you can do it, fly Lansing first with nonstops to Florida, Detroit, Chicago, Chicago, Washington, D.C., and elsewhere. And check out Google Apple Vacations for the nonstop trips to the warm Caribbean nonstop from Lansing. Much less expensive parking in a neat, clean, safe environment. Get through security much quicker and more efficiently. Lansing is proud of its airport. See for yourself. And during the cold weather, Apple Vacations. Google it nonstop to the Caribbean. The new M-Perks is here. Reward yourself with dollars off your purchases, fuel rewards, and more at Meyer. Earn 10 points on nearly every dollar you spend when you shop in-store or on Meyer.com. Then use your points to claim and redeem rewards any way you want. Plus, earn points for every qualifying prescription filled at your Meyer pharmacy. Download the Meyer app to sign up, or if you're already using M-Perks, start earning points and saving today. Save more with M-Perks. Exclusions apply. See Meyer.com to learn more. If you're considering any interior remodel and you want to create a great space for hosting such as kitchens, primary baths, finished basements, and the like, you're welcome. I heartily endorse custom-built design and remodeling in Okemos, and what a terrific job they did for us in all of 10 work days on a massive new deck. Custom-built has a full-service design and remodel-proven process. Their plan is for you to dream, then they design and build. Online, check custombuilt.com, a great local company in Okemos of Michael Flory to serve you. Berkshire Inn and Williamson, they want a gardener. Are you a gardener? Berkshire Inn wants to hire you. They're looking for a gardener for this coming season. They have a couple other jobs that are good. Now, remember, tomorrow, Friday, it's all-you-can-eat fish. Uh, because Lenten season, fish fry, you get the idea at Berkshire. And it's prime rib day on Friday as well, beginning at 4 o'clock. So there you go with that. Tom's Food Center's way to go and tie a family. They've created Tom's Food Center's for Oklahoma and Portland for you. The weekend coming up, March Madness, special events, all that good stuff. In and out, convenience right away. That's what they, that's what they sell, is convenience, in and out, where you're not crowded, not delayed, and all that, okay? Try Tom's Food Centers if you haven't already in Okemos and in Portland. The, the, the best in sports talk starts now. now. On the only station the people of Lansing turn to for sports. The game, 7.30 a.m. We're live in the Driven Collision Studios here at WVFN Radio. Our Driven Collision story of the day, all the March Madness halftime in Chicago, Michigan 28, Rutgers 25. Rutgers had a very brief lead at the end, then Michigan scored at the end. Rutgers is double and triple, uh, triple teaming, uh, teaming Hunter Dickinson. And uh, it's worked pretty well, although he's got to have a good first half. Rutgers scored on seven of its last eight position, uh, possessions to hang in the game. So Michigan, who wins that game, Brock? Rutgers, uh, and the winner gets uh, top seed Purdue tomorrow. Yep. At noon, tomorrow. Now, if you're a Michigan State fan, you may be interested in Game 2 today on the Big Ten Network because that is going to pull, uh, that is what, uh, Iowa and Ohio State winner gets Michigan State tomorrow at 2.30 in the quarterfinals in the Big Ten Tournament. So we've got that. I have an email in here. Tim, good discussion on Ann Arbor Radio this morning on how nonsensical the NCAA hockey playoffs are. Thought I was listening to you. 
Mm. He goes on for several years in a row now. Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is nothing near Michigan uh, in that area, will host the Midwest Regional and several other ridiculous decisions, he says. I guess what? Penn State's the host school in the, in the Allentown Pennsylvania Regional. I, I guess so, yeah. He says there are easy fixes, but as you have long bemoaned, and I totally agree when you do, the fixes make too much sense so they'll never happen, Mike and Mason. So how do you fix that problem, Tim? I, I don't know. It's, uh, it, I, I got to see the pairings first. I got to see the brackets first. I like the fact that the NCAA hockey tournament, though, is 16 deep because it's such a up-and-down sport that you could have the one seed play great and have an off night, then the eight seed beats you. And then you're out. You know, well, when that, that happened to Michigan State with Ron Mason's best team in 1986. They didn't win it. Wait, right? No, that's the year they or did they, win the, the national year title. before. Was oh, it 85? 85. That was their best team. And they, it was just one of those nights. And they got knocked out. But that's the way hockey works. And, and, and But there are others who say, why does the Big Ten tournament have a best two out of three in the first round and then it's single-game knockouts from there? That, I mean, is, if you were going to have weird. an upset... I mean, if you want to have a viable champion, doesn't it make more sense to have the best two out of three when you get to the semifinals and finals so the best teams have a better chance to avoid that upset one game? You know, the, when I was growing up, the CCHA, it was uh, the first round was best two out of three, and then when it got down to the final four, it was, well, it was at Joe Lewis Arena, and it was the semifinals were, what, Thursday, uh, and, uh, and then the championship was Saturday. Uh, but they already tried that with the Big Ten, and nobody went to LCA or Little Caesars Arena for it, which is why we got the format we got now. So besides the girls' regional finals tonight, the big ones in the NBA, Charlotte and Detroit, you have the two weakest teams in the NBA East are playing tonight at Little Caesars Arena. WV, we got, we got yep. a half-hour pregame show. Mark and Rick at 635. We actually carry a Pistons half-hour radio yep. pregame show. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. Beautiful thing. Mark Champion and Rick Mahorn will have the call. Uh, the Pistons are a cool 15-51. and 51. That's their quality dairy stats. Nine straight losses, but Charlotte is something special, too. And why did they never get Miles Bridges back after all of his legal issues themselves went away? Yeah. And everybody said, all those so-called NBA insiders, well, he's really close to getting his new one-year deal with the Charlotte Hornets, who he's played with. Well, he ain't back. Nope. So what, you know, what's and they're the... not going to make the playoffs this year, so. Well, at any even, rate, they the play player. in Detroit tonight. The beloved Pistons have 16 games left, eight yep. home, eight away, and they got Charlotte in here. Is that what it is? Eight home, eight away? Eight home, eight away. Those are the quality dairy stats on the Pistons. Okay. I told Brock, I said, you know, watching a little bit of the Big Ten tournament last night and going back and forth. So the Red Wings are down 2 nothing at home to Chicago. I said to Doc, this is absolutely a no-brainer. There's no way the Red Wings lose this game. All Chicago does is just kind of skate around. And you know, sooner or later, the Red Wings will get the lead and they'll beat them at home. Like Brock says, the Blackhawks traded away Patrick Kane. One of their greatest players they've ever had there. So that kind of leaves them as a rudderless ship to the end of the season. I'm not convinced the Red Wings are out of the playoffs No, they, they're, like they're, they're seven not out points out. I'm not convinced. Is that what it is now? Well, Let's... they got like 17 games, whatever. That's a lot of points left to determine one way. I don't think they're out of the playoffs Dang at all. On. I'm not saying they're going to make it, but... I don't think they're. And they're I don't, six points out right uh, now. Six points out. Yep. It's even closer. Yep. Why are they? Why are they out of it? Yeah. Now six they had lost out. what six? They had won, they'd won seven of eight, then lost six in a row. What well, I love five and one. Yeah. Well, but they're but they're not. They're six in a row. The the one is an overtime loss to Seattle. Yeah. But it's a loss. Just because it it's not in a, regulation. It goes as an OTL. They're 29, 26, and 9. But a loss is still a loss. It's not a win. It's a loss. And it's not a tie. It's a loss. So why isn't that a, a six-game losing but streak? But you get a point. Well, that's all fine. Yeah. 
but but they had lost six games in a row. I get it. The, the semantics know. in hockey in the NHL are somewhat mystifying I know. It to me. You nuts. Well, I mean, they don't count a loss as a loss when it's a loss. But at any rate, they lost. If it's overtime or shootout, no. But what is it? It's an OTL, an overtime loss. So Tim. you're saying if I say they've lost six in a row, you don't buy that as being? No, no. That that technically you're right. All right. But it doesn't go in the stats. The, the, the loss yeah. to Seattle in overtime goes as an OTL. But why do OTWs not count as OTWs? It's just a W. I don't you get that. Ask, you have yeah. to ask Gary, Gary Bettman for that. Tim. I don't, I don't, I don't think the world is bracing itself well, to get an answer to that. Everything. Well, I mean, there's common sense. The... There's common sense, and then there's not common sense. Well, there's what you think is common sense. But at any rate, the re why you don't think that makes sense at all? You think that do make sense? Have an OTL column, but not an OTW column. Uh, to no. me, if you lose, you lose. And if you win, you win. And let's cut all the chatter. But it is what it is. This is why. I, anyway, I knew they were going to win last night. So when do they play again? They're, uh, they play tomorrow, uh, Saturday afternoon against the Boston Bruins. Oh, no, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, Boston's the best team in the NHL. 49-8-5. and five. All right. So what do we got coming up? Our live stream today with Crystal. That'll be at 3.40 this afternoon on channel uh, on WILX.com. Click the live stream button. We'll talk to you then. She doesn't argue with me like you I do. have got confirmation from St. John's. Eric and I will be at St. John's High School tomorrow night, East Lansing and Waverly for the Division one district title. Well, we really beat Grand Ledge by 28 points last night, and they were behind after one quarter. What happened? Uh, I think Waverly showed why they are when they are when they've got all pistons firing. No pun intended. Uh, they are the best team in the area. Just putting it together over a long period of time has been an issue for them. All right, so, so they got five losses this season. So the second half from Chicago is on the Big Ten Network. Michigan 28, Rutgers 25. Have at it. Winner gets top seed Purdue tomorrow at noon. The 2:30 game tomorrow. Channel 10 will be there to cover it. Michigan State gets the winner of this afternoon's Iowa-Ohio State game. Ohio State nearly blew a 27-point lead, but held on to beat Wisconsin by 8. Uh, last night, last place, Minnesota beat Nebraska by 3. And there you go. You've been listening to the Sparrow Stout on Sports on Lansing Sports Station, the game, 7.30 a.m. Thanks to all of you for joining us. See you tonight on Channel 10 at 6.20. So long. The Michigan News Network. I'm Beth Fisher. General Motors is looking to slash its white-collar workforce, hoping to save $2 billion by the end of next year. MNN Business Editor Murray Feldman. General Motors is offering buyouts to any salaried employee with at least two years on the job. They're offering a month of pay for every year of service up to 12 months, also COBRA and outplacement services. There are three different programs based on the employee's level and service to the company. Workers have to apply for the buyout by March the 24th. They're expected to leave the company by the end of June. This move comes after the automaker said it would cut 500 salaried positions around the world last week. The company says by taking this action, they can improve vehicle profitability, noting that the auto business is becoming more competitive. Companies are spending billions of dollars right now to move toward electrification and self-driving vehicles. That's money they're spending now that will not produce a real return for years to come. Murray Feldman, Michigan News Network. The Democratic-led State House has approved a bill to repeal Michigan's right-to-work law. Attorney and union activist Richard Mack says the repeal was long overdue. Those states that have right-to-work, the wages will be lower. The benefits will be lower. And that's because union members, and that's because unions negotiate those wages and negotiate those benefits as a collective. And they're paid for the service they provide. That's all. 
Governor Whitmer is expected to sign the legislation. Michigan's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate was unchanged over the month at 4.3 percent, according to data from the Michigan Department of Technology, Management and Budget. Total employment in the state advanced by 3,000, while unemployment remained constant over the month, resulting in a minor workforce increase of 3,000 in January. Friday's Mega Millions, $203 million. Saturday's Powerball, $45 million. I'm Beth Fisher for the Michigan News Network. Peekaboo, peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. WBFN East Lansing. Going one-on-one. Lansing Sports Leader. Gotta get a bounce. The Game, 7.30 a.m. Telesquare Media Station. 